Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome in. Thank you for joining us. A busy Wednesday for you. I'll lay it out for you in a smidge. Tomorrow, back nine. That's an NBA Jam Michelob Ultra Extravaganza where you, and I mean you, with the high store, could win the shoes. The Nike Air Throwback Courtside Michelob Ultra Original. Originals with the high scores, the winner tomorrow at the back nine. Then you get vaulted into the championship, which is uh, coming up in the not too distant future. Uh, downtown, that will be at Brothers, but tomorrow at the back nine, and we shall look for you there. I'm kind of caught a little bit in the in between. And here's why. Because I have told you I have been very loud in telling you that I have raised the level of expectations on this team. That just saying entertaining loss is no longer something, no longer a term that I want to hear. And I still don't want to hear it. And I want to see them win, and I want to t- see them take advantage of situations. And and there was one that you could have taken advantage of last night. Um, however, I will say this. I don't mind that they, with the minutes restriction, are erring on the side of caution with Tyrese Halliburton. We've been down this path before, and it hasn't ended well. So working him back in about – by the way, Tyrese Halliburton was really good with Jake on Query and Company a little bit earlier with Jake and Jimmy. And Eddie, that podcast I'm sure is up at 107.5thefan.com. But I was caught last night. I, I so, and you could tell that Halliburton felt the same way. I so kind of wanted to see what might be done at the end, but I understand. I do. And really, we're not conditioned to be understanding doing this, are we? I mean, we respond, we react at a moment's notice. One quarter, a half, a game, and then we make our determinations right then and right there. So it's tough, I think, to go in between on it or to understand last night, but I do. There is a point where I cannot wait to see all this come together. And believe me, it was far from a work of art last night. 
you look at giving up 81 in the first half, that I've sat here and told you that their defense is getting better. And then they give up 81 in the first half. And I go, well, that's not going to sit well with you. However, if you watch that second quarter, I don't know if a better defense is going to matter. I don't know if I have seen a team with that level of shot-making ability in the second quarter like we saw the Celtics. They hit absolutely everything, really all but a couple. Everything. And I do want to give credit where credit is due here. It's not just cut and dry, hey, you win and you're great and you lose and you stink. We can talk this up. And last night, I was impressed that they were able to dig out of that, to survive that, to get past that, to take a late lead, to lose the game by five. But the fact that they were able to hang in and then they subbed out one of the best players in the NBA, their elite level player, late because of the minutes restriction, Ultimately losing the game? I'm sorry. I don't come away. Like, that's one of the few losses where I come away going, oh, okay. I wouldn't mind to see that happen again. Hey, Boston's really good. Think about that. On that floor earlier this season, Boston beat the Pacers by 50. And raise your hand if you felt that maybe that was the direction in which this team had embarked upon last night. About that second quarter, it is maddening. There is no better feeling in the world if you're a fan of Boston or if you're living in that moment of the basketball zone. There is nothing worse if you're on the tail end of it. If you're on the other side. And that type of shot-making ability is being done to you. And this Pacer team is not a great defensive team, but that wasn't about that. That was just about mind-numbing, incredible shot-making ability. And the fact that the Pacers withstood that, came back, hung in, There are layers and circumstances that we can, and I'm sure we will, talk about the entirety of this show. It's absolutely amazing. You know, I was kind of joking with Jake a little bit earlier and Jimmy about, you know, the moist blanket or the wet blanket that is Kevin Bowen. And obviously that's all in jest. We like joking around around here. And then people don't cry and whine about it. It's all good. But I don't even know how you come away with that. Like, I'm torn. I'm all about wanting to see them raise that bar on winning. And last night they lost, and that's a bummer. But damn. Boston had everybody out there. Boston had everybody out there, and everybody was playing at this incredible level. That, what, the best team in the NBA? And you're able to withstand that and come back. Let me see a show of hands again. Who wants to see this? You obviously want to see the Pacers get a higher seed, but who wouldn't like to see that in the postseason? And I know what you're saying. Well, you don't want to play Boston because they'll beat the crap out of you. Yeah, I know things will change in the postseason. But that was such an entertaining game last night. And I, I normally, I normally, 
or rarely, if ever, talk about a game in this capacity that the Pacers lose. And listen, there are still a lot of things that you can improve upon. But in those circumstances, you were able to hang in last night, hang in, make something out of that. Again, that wasn't your average game. Love to see Aaron Neesmith going back to Boston, buckling down, going at it. I think I saw a lot of Boston people. This is funny. Maybe we would feel the same way. I, for one, though, I, for one, if you saw Neesmith someplace else, let's just say, for example, flip the script, and Boston, you know, you're Boston, and then he leaves, you just don't have enough room. You don't have enough time to play him, so you might as well, you know, try to get something out of him. And, you know, the Pacers are so incredibly fortunate to get him in that Malcolm Brogdon deal. Malcolm Brogdon can score and certainly has done so against the Pacers, but just the myriad of things, and I talked about this in the first segment yesterday, the myriad of things that Neesmith brings to the table, absolutely invaluable to the entirety of the team. You know, Brogdon can score, and Brogdon's going to be dribbling the air out of the ball and all of that, but that's really about it. You know, otherwise, he's going to be victimized. But to be able to cobble that here out of it, and I mentioned this As a basketball fan, I can watch somebody that was kind of left where they felt that, yeah, you know what? It's not really going to happen for him. It's certainly not going to happen in Boston. So he gets a rebirth, certainly of sorts here. And then to become what he has become is so incredibly important to this team. Just as a basketball fan, I think that's cool to see. So it does surprise me. I guess it shouldn't because it's Boston and it's East Coast and it's that bull crap. But it does surprise me a little bit that for a dude that works his ass off, you you don't just have a little bit more basketball savvy recognition of a guy that has taken his game in a new place to a different level. I mean, maybe it was a similar level. I know you guys felt that way out of Sabonis. And again, different circumstances. I mean, some of you just love Sabonis over Miles and you hated that deal and blah, 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 and whatever. I like Sabonis too. But you understood that somebody was going to have to go and somebody was going to have to get a a reboot of sorts someplace else. And and Sabonis, who we'll see on Friday with Sacramento here, uh, he was that guy. But, you know, Boston fans being outspoken, you know, why is Neesmith, he is obviously, why why does he still have us, you know, circled on the calendar and kind of going off on him? And meanwhile, I just think, man, this dude is a really good basketball player that has transformed himself into a good team, one of the more valuable pieces, when basically on the end of the Boston bench, he was going to be a guy that just couldn't get playing time. And it's understood. You watch these guys last night? <laughs> good Lord. I mean, it makes you not want to sub any of these guys out. That's all they do is make shots. That's all Tatum does, all Brown does. Uh, it was incredible, but I'd mentioned I found myself in a little bit of a middle point right there. As much as I expect this Pacer team to win now, and I want to see this thing with Pascal Siakam move forward and this group healthy, uh, and as much as you don't want to see him lose, the fact that they were capable of withstanding that and then hanging around and then having to go through that without Halliburton down the stretch because of the minutes restriction, I, I that impressed me. 
And I don't normally feel impressed, again, coming up after a loss. We'll talk about that. IU, a winner last night. Quick shout-out to Anthony Leal, who in four years has worked his ass off in Bloomington. And last night, going four of six from three and 13 points and leading the way. You need somebody to make some threes. He made some threes. And they get back on the winning track against Iowa. I know Iowa's a middling Big Ten team, but that was necessary. And it was really good to see a really good, hardworking kid come out on the other side and get that type of positivity and hype. That was good to see. Talk about that coming up. Boilermakers and Northwestern coming up later on tonight as well. Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, joins us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. Bowen's going to be here as well a little bit later on. But on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, you will see him with uh, TNT. You will see him with CBS. You will see him with NBA TV. He's got a lot of gigs out there because he is really good. We'll talk some NBA and more. Spiro Ditas joins us now. Spiro, great to have you back on the show. And Andy, how are you? Andy, how are you? How you doing, my friend? Good to be back with you. Outstanding. What'd you make of the Pacers in that effort last night against the Celtics? I, I I tried to backpedal a little bit because I expect Spiro winning. I want to see this team grow and win. But last night was something else considering all that was going on in that game in Boston. Yeah, I, I think last night was a necessary step for a team that is clearly trying to incorporate a big piece with the Siakam trade, which I, I thought was tremendous. You know, Siakam is a guy who uber talented. He, he checks so many boxes. But I think when you incorporate someone like that in the middle of a season, it takes time. And especially with a guy like that who who needs the ball in his hands, and is going to force your team to change its dynamic. So I think all things considered with Halliburton coming back after his time missed, considering the fact you're probably paying, playing the best team uh, in the conference uh, on the road, I thought it was an important first step and, and a necessary step as uh, Rick Carlisle and this group try to figure out how they're going to play rotations, uh, how they're going to handle some of the elite teams and, and arguably the best uh, defensive team in the league last night. And despite the fact that they come up short, I, I think it was, I don't want to say a breakthrough, but I think an important step uh, for a team like Indiana, considering where they are. It's uh, Spiro Ditas with us. It, the, the shot-making ability in the second quarter for the Celtics was absolutely off the charts. I know that they were good, but holy crap, man, that was incredible. Yeah, you know, listen, when they got Porzingis in the offseason, my initial thought was, you know, they're they're giving up a lot by missing out on a guy like Marcus Smart by shipping him out. And you wondered where that defense was going to come. Then, you know, they 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 bring in Drew Holiday, who is arguably the best perimeter defender and one of the most versatile defensive players. And then you're like, wow, this is. This potentially is, is a special group with everything else they have with with Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and this kid, Derek White, who's become such an incredible player, who still is an underrated player in terms of how good he is and how good he's been in a short time on the big stage for the Celtics. Suddenly you put Porzingis and Holiday with this group, and, and I think we're seeing what they can potentially become. I, I think it's clear that the Celtics are the class of the East. I think Milwaukee certainly has the potential. You know, we'll see what they look like now as Doc Rivers gets comfortable with this group. But 
To me, it's the Celtics and then everyone else in the East. ISB Roditas against CBS, TNT, NBA TV, a variety of, I'm sure, other gigs that I'm not going to mention right here. Is always awesome to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So, you know, without a body of work after that, that deal for Siakam, what do you make of this Pacer team in terms of your expectations as they walk this thing forward to the All-Star break and then ultimately in the second half, like what we like to call the second half of the season coming up? Coming up. I, I love this group. You know, we we did their game against the Celtics in the in-season tournament, the game in Indianapolis where, you know, it was one of their signature games of the season. And, and you know, going into that game, sitting around talking with, with Grant Hill and Greg Anthony and some of the analysts I get to work with, uh, everyone's impressed by what they're building and, and how quickly Rick Carlisle has, has gotten this group to where – Maybe they're not ready to compete for a championship or even a, an Eastern Conference title, but they're right on the cusp, I think, of, of, of being right there. And, you know, look, you look at a team like Miami last year who was not expected to make a deep run. Suddenly they catch fire and were able to get to an Eastern Conference final. I'm not saying that the Pacers are there yet, but based on the emergence of Halliburton, who I think is, is not only an ascending player, but is right on the cusp of, of potentially superstardom, you pair him with a, with a Miles Turner, Pascal Siakam, uh, some of the younger pieces that they have. I know Buddy Heald has had some moments where he's been inconsistent, uh, but we know he can shoot it. I, I just really think that there, there's a lot to like with this team. And, and Indiana, for me, the way that they're building it as well, there, there's kind of an organic feel to what they're doing there. Uh, I've long been a fan of Rick Carlisle. I think he's a, he's a tremendous coach, one of the best uh, tacticians that we have in the sport. I, I think he's got the right temperament. I love that he's still got that old school element to him where he can light into guys and he's got that fiery side to him. Um, I'm just I'm a big fan of what they've done uh, from the front office's standpoint and and what it's looking like on paper. And this is a time where I think if you're an Indiana Pacers fan, just enjoy it. You know, just enjoy this step because we walked out of that arena that night, uh, the win over the Celtics in that in-season tournament game, thinking, wow, I mean, this is the league is better when a, a market like Indiana has a viable team. And I think there's no doubt this is a viable team on the rise and, and certainly ascending in the East. Yes, Spiro oh, yes. is with us. So next up for the Pacers on the road at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night against the Knicks. I know they're moving forward here, at least for the short-term future, without that of Julius Randle. But how have they looked since OG Ananobi has joined their team via that deal with Toronto and obviously uh, Jalen Brunson and what they have already packed in there, both offensively and defensively? What's this squad look like? What are we going to see on Thursday night with this matchup? Well, look, the Knicks are are clearly a team that has, has caught fire here. And this could be a team – that that is ready maybe potentially to, to, to win a couple of series in the postseason. Um, you know, last year, two years ago, they had that, that surprising run where they took some teams by storm. Last year, they were supposed to take the next step, never happened. And so they had to reshuffle the deck. This version, I, I think, really fits. Now, clearly, it's still early days uh, as they try to incorporate OG Ananobi. But based on what they have with Rick Brunson, uh, based on how Julius Randle has bounced back from some of the disappointments of his career in recent years, uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to say that the Knicks are ready to contend for the conference, but I, I think they're they're there ready to potentially make some noise. You know, we have to wait and see what they look like here over the final couple of months of the regular season. But, 
you know, look, in, in a lot of ways, similar to Indiana, you know, this has been a, a kind of a dormant market for so long. And, you know, of course, we I, I grew up in the 90s. So to me, it was the Knicks and the Pacers every year with, you know, with Pat Ewing and Rick Smiths and, of course, Reggie and, you know, the list of so many great players in that series. So the fact that both of these franchises and cities, you know, such starved NBA fan bases are finally starting to turn a corner, I just think is a great thing. The garden is alive. You know, that that sound at the garden when the Knicks are are a contending team is unlike maybe any arena in the sport. So the fact that they're kind of on the rise again, I just think is great for the league. And and hopefully, who knows, maybe they can rekindle this uh, this dormant series that was so great between them for so many years. Oh, man. Stirring the echoes right here with the fan base of that back in the 90s, certainly. Spiro Adidas joins us. So what? Uh, where are we going to see your work next? What's your schedule look like? I have college hoops on Saturday in Memphis. So we got Memphis and Wichita State with uh, the great Clark Kellogg and, and John Hollinger, actually, who covers the NBA for the Athletic, yeah. Yeah. Um, is going to join us in the booth. We're going to do we're going to kind of try something different with, uh, with like a super analytics approach to the broadcast where we're going to put on a bunch of advanced metrics on the screen. You know, a guy takes a three or a contested shot. You'll see the percentage of, of whether it's a good shot or not. All kinds of different technology that <laughs> like some it. of these like TV it. networks are, are um thinking about incorporating it to telecast so we're gonna have a we're gonna have a little fun on saturday now i I have dusty may who's a friend of mine the head coach of florida atlantic coming on here in the four o'clock hour and and the one thing that we're going to talk about is you know they moved obviously to the conference there and and how much more difficult the sledding has been especially after going to a final four where you're marked anyway but then when you up the competition on night in and night out basis they have survived it so far but man every game for them seemingly has been a one possession yeah well this is the deal though you're right i mean you have you have one of those transcendent years in a program's history and you want a little taste of the big time you know now they're realizing what it's like night in and night out once you get into conference play but uh, you know huge fan of dusty mays you know they're watching them make that incredible run last year they embodied what the tournament is all about you know hopefully they can they can follow it up this year but they look good, you know, after some, you know, maybe a couple of bumps in the road earlier in the season, they look like they've come through and, and you know, that's that's one conference that's going to be very interesting as, uh, as they come down the stretch. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, too. Thanks for always coming on and adding the insight, too. And uh, we'll hook back up a couple of different times, college basketball and NBA-wise, as we get on the other side of the All-Star break. But, uh, Spiro, as always, we, pr- we truly do appreciate you dropping in here, Nindy. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime, brother. Look forward to it again. So, Spiraditas right there. CBS, Spiraditas of TNT, of NBA TV, uh, everywhere. And a little bit of insight, a little backdrop of the Celtics and the Pacers from last night. And I would love to get your thoughts as well. I, I don't want to come across as going lightweight on it, but that was just my feeling last night. I was impressed that they got up off the deck. You talk about an absolute roundabout hammer to the jaw that they got in the second quarter, and they were able. I mean, when you when you think about it too, and then you had Halliburton with that banked in half court shot that uh, that helped them out. But I, I mean, thinking about that going into the half, you thought it was going to get worse in the third, and then man, all of a sudden they get back and hang in. So yeah, I think for at least this one game, I have a bit of a different feeling for it.
We can hit that at 239-1070. In fact, we have time for you coming up on the other side. If you want to talk about that, talk about IU from last night, their win over Iowa. Got a couple of different things going on later on tonight, obviously. One is Purdue at home against Northwestern. The Boilermakers lost to Northwestern earlier in the year. I think the end of December is when that was. Uh, Boilermakers at Mackey and West Lafayette. We had uh, Brooks Barnheiser on yesterday, the junior of Northwestern, talking about that game. That's tonight. We'll talk that up to my Sycamores are on the road. Indiana State and Belmont down in Nashville tonight. Do not stumble. They've got a huge I mean, huge game on Saturday against Drake on ESPN2 at the Holman Center. I described it euphorically drunk. I can't imagine. See, when I was a student over there, I did some games, and they weren't very good. Good dudes that played on the team, but they weren't very good. Can't imagine being a student over there right now and having that go on. And it was funny. I was talking to Greg Lansing, their former coach, who remains a good friend of mine a little bit earlier today. He's obviously incredibly happy for their success. And uh, Josh Schertz and he, I, I know, talk often too. But he was excited for their success. He's an assistant with Bobby Hurley at Arizona State right now. But he was also equally excited for the jolt, the boost, the juice that's going to the hote. Paradise getting some love. And the last thing you want to do is go to Nashville tonight against a team that is worthy of it in Belmont and stumble. By the way, too, if you saw this on my social media X account last night, then I put it on Facebook as well. If you remember last week, um, Robbie Avila come on the show, right? He was a sophomore, big man. So he's on the show last week. And I had mentioned, hey, you know, after this weekend, you guys get a win and take your assistant coach. That's Matthew Graves. We know him very well. Obviously went to Butler, assistant coach at Butler from White River Valley High School-wise. Very good player. Assistant to Josh Schertz over there right now. I said, you and Graves go down to Ethan Crawford and put on the goggles and get your picture taken in front of where I used to live, which I'll be honest with you, it looks a hell of a lot better than I remember it. I thought the last time I was there, it looked like it was ready to be torn down. Tony Donahue can vouch for that. Tony said, wait, you lived in this, and I lived in that with about five or six other dudes, and it was glorious. I would do it again tomorrow if I was capable. If I was, I would do it again tomorrow. I'd say, yep, let's do it again. Well, wait a minute. You had the crapper. The crapper was kind of sad. The crapper, the toilet was like side saddle. It was leaning to the left. Didn't care is great. So those guys go down there before they took that trip down to Nashville and snapped a picture in front of my house at Ethan Crawford. I could not love Indiana State, my Sycamores, and Terre Haute any more than I do today. That was awesome. The fact that they remembered, I didn't even remind them. They just went down and did it. Let's all become Sycamore fans. Just don't stumble tonight, please. No stumbling. 
Indiana State and Belmont later on tonight as well. I mentioned the Pacers coming up tomorrow night. NYC versus the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Back at home on Friday. And uh, you can catch uh, them against the uh, Sacramento Kings. Tyrese Halliburton with Jake a little bit earlier. That podcast, 107 at com. He was, as usual, really good. All right, quick break and we shall return. I've got a lot for you, including Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, top of the hour. Kevin Bowen coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Third Eye Blind tickets to give away, too and your thoughts on a variety of things, especially what I mentioned at the outset of the show regarding the Pacers, specifically to last night. 239-1070. The stream, the app, inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live. Love to see you in there. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Wow. I don't know what to say. I guess... Well, I guess the only thing I can say is I'll promise to keep rocking and rolling and making better films. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Yeah, he's been balling. I mean, I think that, um, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder from being traded and all the things that were said about him when he got traded, and that's what we love about him. And uh, to, to be able to sign him to a deal long term for him to be here is really exciting because he's an amazing player. And Aaron Neesmith is a player that every team on the NBA in the NBA wants. You want a guy like Aaron who will just do whatever he's asked, puts his head down, and works. And so I think that's what we love about him. And uh, there's definitely some extra juice for him when he plays Boston, and um, that that's cool to see. Just Cool to see him balling. Tyrese Halliburton right there regarding teammate Aaron Neesmith, 26-12 and 12 in the loss last night in Boston. He's absolutely right. He is big time in the grand scheme of things with this Pacer team, and this is what I've always loved. See if you agree with me on this. Especially when you get to that level, right? I mean, you you always have to find, like, you get those great stories regarding Michael Jordan, and he was always searching for anything, any nugget of inspiration where he felt his talent was being downplayed or dismissed. And when you utilize that as a chip on the shoulder, and when Halliburton said that about Neesmith, that is great. And being able to maintain that. Like, I saw this last night. A lot of Boston Celtics fans were saying um, via social media, you know, why does he still care about this? He's in a better spot for him. Because you utilize that. You use that to your advantage. Oh, wait a minute. They didn't want me. They didn't think I could fit into this. Sure, loving it here, but utilizing that motivational chip where you were discarded, where your organization, where Brad Stevens felt that you were expendable. You could be moved. Time to go. We got enough. We don't need you. Man, use that, right? I would have to say that that also is true in nearly... Any form career-wise, nearly any, not all, I would guess. But I bet many of you out there right now, let you utilize that bit of motivation, whatever you do. If you're in the sales world, there's no doubt about that. Just use it. It's great. It would seem to me like a guy like Jordan, too, because you accomplish so much, like you're the GOAT, greatest of all time. It would be hard to, night in and night out, 
because you were so good, so dominant, to recreate that motivation, you know, to be angry about something. Whoa, wait, what did you say again? And then, I mean, even if you had to make it up, you know, as we saw in that documentary about him a couple of years ago during COVID, if you can continuously do that, it's just an extra. These guys are all very talented, all incredibly good at the game of basketball. And at points, there has to be separation. And oftentimes, motivation on a night-in and night-out basis and utilizing that as something. And, and Halliburton was right, and uh, Neesmith, we saw that last night, and that just seems to be something that he uses in his career. There's nothing wrong with that. The Boilermakers have any motivation tonight after dropping a game earlier this year in Evanston to Northwestern. You get the Wildcats, you get the Boilermakers, 6.30, tip time, Arena, West Lafayette. And that going on later on tonight. Iowa win over Iowa last night. Needed that. It was good to see. I mean, really good to see Anthony Leal. Anthony Leal step up and make shots, be utilized, get the opportunity to play. There's something else I think everybody, I think, can relate to, right? Most people I'm talking about, either yourself or maybe one of your kids, somebody you know, ever felt like all they needed was a chance an opportunity to play, and rarely, if ever, they're given that opportunity, right? We can all equate to that, and then you're given that opportunity and watch somebody take advantage of it. Really, considering IU's situation, when they need it the most, that's pretty awesome. And then somebody that works his ass off and has been devoted to that program through losing, some winning, through the change of coaching, through the questions about, all right, what's happening here? Why are they not winning? I mean, all of that. You know, whether or not he belongs, that was within question. And then to go out and show that you absolutely do. And then finally, finally be given an opportunity. A more substantial opportunity is awesome. Love that. I think most of you out there can relate to that, can't you? Or if you can't relate to it, somebody around you can. Maybe it's your kid. I know not all of your kids are getting the playing time that you believe they should be getting, right? Court time, field time, whatever. But when you're given that chance, that opportunity, and you see that, especially at that level, you see somebody take advantage of it, that's pretty awesome. He's a really good kid. Really good dude, I should say. He's far from a kid. And it was good to see that happen to him last night. At Assembly Hall in Bloomington when his team really needed it. I mean, that Malik Renew for most of that game with that injury. Xavier Johnson done at the very end with that scary fall. And you have to give a shout-out to Khalil Ware, too. Like Greg asked me, does one good game need the – you know what? I don't care if he doesn't belong he was deserving of that. I think it's okay, right? I think it's okay to be happy with somebody that hadn't been given the opportunity to have a game like that. Does it show that he belongs? I don't know what it shows other than he had a really good game, and I'm damn glad to see it. Maybe you're not, but I am. I'm good for him. I don't know what it shows. I don't know what it's going to show long term. 
I just like to see guys that work and when they're given the opportunity, take advantage of it. I don't think there's a damn thing wrong with that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't see anything wrong with it. Nothing. Good for him. Happy for him. Dusty May, top of the hour. FAU and Greg's at 239-1070. Off the jump here today. Hello, Greg. How are you? Great, John. How are you? Greg, I could not be better. I appreciate you asking. Yeah. Hey, how about the last 10 months in Terre Haute? You know, between oh, the, I know. the, the yes. excitement at the regionals at Bob Warren to, to the to the packed Holman Center, um, man, it's just been my I, – I've had the opportunity. My son was, you know, looking at Indiana State and, and is now there studying sports media, has been able to call some games, basketball, and, and we did that football for a minute, and looking forward to, 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 to uh, baseball as well. But, man, it's just been – there's something that, that, that's it's nice to see uh, something, you know, different in, in, in the state of Indiana of having some excitement uh, around Terre Haute and, and just everything that's been going on over there. It's, it's been fantastic. And, and I know the students and, and, and my son in particular is like, you know, having a great time being a part of all that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, good. That's something else outside of, your, you know, the, the, the Butler, IU, Purdue stuff's happening in Indiana. So. Yeah, see, when I was over there, it was always about what was going on in other places, you know, in Bloomington with IU or, you know, what's going on in Lafayette with, with Purdue was always about other things. And it, it is cool to see a, a student base get the opportunity to really embrace a team like that. And I will say this, too, and I was talking to Greg Lansing, the former coach, about it uh, off the air on the phone a little bit earlier, and it's just really good to see Terre Haute, Indiana, get that juiced up about it, too. And I, I love it, and I love it until the day I die, but it's not like often they have a lot of reason to get overly excited about things, and it's really cool to see them kind of get swept up into what's going on with their basketball team. It really is. Yeah, my only, you know, and obviously, you know, you, you enjoy while the moment's going. I do have a feeling that Josh Church is going to have, uh, if he, you know, if things still stay where, where he's in Terre Haute. But, you know, I know you've mentioned before about Dusty May and the, the job that he had to do with today's world of, of the NCAA to keep those those kids in, in you know, in his program. Uh, and, and people are taking notice uh, of what's going on in Terre Haute as well. And I, I hope that. You know, it's a lot of a lot of hard work that's going to take place there, but I hope you can keep that together. Yeah, that's uh, why. Even, when when I mentioned one, a one year run. Hey, hey, Greg, when I mentioned this too, when I mentioned I talked about this with the Colts at the end of the year, and I talk about it in terms of the Pacers. I mean, even if you know you think you're going to be better further down the road, if you get a moment, take advantage of it, and especially with the Sycamores, because you have no idea, no idea what this thing is going to look like next year. Honestly, from head coach to personnel to any of it. So if you're there right now, take advantage of it. Because you, you really, just look at Southern Illinois. I mean, look what Southern Illinois lost from last year's team to this year. I mean, two guys that are performing at high levels in the Big Ten right now is what they lost. You just, in this world especially of collegiate basketball, football, whatever, but in this case, basketball. You just don't know, and you got to take advantage of it right now because if you're a team like Indiana State, this thing is probably personnel-wise constantly going to be changing because so many people will come at you with that, that bag, that NIL money, and say, hey, there are greener, literally, pastures here. Would you like to come here and play? And Indiana State is going to be absolutely prime 
for that in a lot of ways coming up in this offseason. So take full advantage of this one in the present. Greg, you call any time. Thank you. Yeah, everybody's going to be coming at players. When you see, like now you see these guys can play. It's like that everywhere, though. You got to re-recruit your own guys. And he mentioned Dusty May, who we'll talk to at the top of the hour. He had to do that, too. And then you watch them play, and people are saying, oh, man, it's a much tougher road for them. Well, yeah, because they moved up a conference level. And night in and night out, it's a lot better wherever they're playing, at home or on the road. And then you add the fact that they went to the Final Four, and they, they have a target. It was amazing he was able able to keep those guys around. And we talk about it all the time. There is absolutely nothing promised for the future, so if you can take full advantage of the present, then so be it. Quick one. We'll come back. Third Eye Blind tickets don't go away. We got that for you coming up, too. I mentioned Dusty May of FAU. Bowen's here in the 5 o'clock hour. NBA Jam, me, Michelob Ultra tomorrow, back nine. A great spot, really, I think, in a warming trend. A great spot for you guys to join me tomorrow as well. Love to see you there. I'll tell you all about that coming up. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. They call me Cuba Pete. I'm the king of a rumba beat. When I play the maracas, I go chick chicky boom, chick chicky boom. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Anthony Leo with 13 last night. IU wins over Iowa. Talked about that a little bit earlier. Pacers a loser on the road last night to the Celtics. That conversation, too. Uh, tomorrow, back nine, as I mentioned, Matt Painter joins us coming up tomorrow. It is Northwestern and Purdue, 630 tonight. Matthew Arena, West Lafayette, Indiana State on the road at Belmont this evening as well. By the way, Pacers back at it tomorrow night, Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. And inside the lounge, the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live. I think we were up and running. We had a bit of a slow start there, I believe, right? We are good to go. We have been good to go. People are asking. We are up and running and solid. Bowen, 5 o'clock hour. Dusty May, FAU, coming up here at the top. Jonah, 239-1070s right now. Jonah, welcome to the show. Well, it's slow in the lounge because I'm not there. I'm I'm on on hold waiting for you, John. We are. <laughs> we we got to get you in there and make sure you get active in there because without your voice, you know, we struggle a little bit, right? So, yeah, we'll get off of here and then make sure you get back to your normal gig inside the lounge, the AAA membership lounge. Go ahead. My my normal gig, you mean uh, using the measuring tape to measure the sunshine out here? It's That's nice. I find a measuring tape that long enough. I had mentioned a little bit earlier, Greg Lansing's a friend of mine, used to be at Indiana State. He's the assistant coach for Bobby Hurley, one of them at Arizona State, and he said it's been 80 out there. Yeah, it's actually been pretty warm. It was cold, then it got really warm. Yeah. But, yeah, after I made half of Indianapolis grown, I do want to agree with you about moral victories with the Pacers. I'm not a big fan of them. Did you notice I couldn't say it? I could not say moral victory. I just said, you know what, they hung in. So I stayed away from moral victory because I hate saying it. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I, there's a few games I thought the Pacers should have won still, even without Halliburton. But last night, it was a little bit more of a different story, uh, a little bit more encouraging, especially Halliburton was on a minute restriction, and uh, Matherin was out, T.J. McConnell was out, although I don't know how, how many minutes he'll get with the resurgence of Andrew Nimhard. But 
last night coming back from a 20-point deficit in a very hostile uh, arena where the Celtics have only lost twice all year, it was just crazy to me because I always said if the Pacers can keep their opposition out of the paint, that they have a really good chance of winning. And they have been doing a much better job of that lately. But even yesterday with the Celtics, I felt like they were shooting like historic amount of uh, – making the historic amount of threes, and I thought that's the direction it was going to go. But I still like the fight in this Pacers team. And I've, you know what's crazy is we don't have the Celtics, the Sixers, or the Bucks the rest of the year going down. And I yeah. know the Pacers have struggled against more lesser teams, but – this is the time where the Pacers should take advantage and move forward. And uh, I'd love to see a top four seed in the standings. And I'll let you go from there. You got it, Jonah. Thank you for the call. I, I do. I hope they're able to do that uh, because the, it does. It has been a daunting task through the schedule here for a while. But at some point, it will ease up. Yeah, I didn't say moral victory. I, I was impressed because the second quarter of the Celtics was mind-blowing how good they were offensively. I mean, hit nearly everything from everywhere. And to survive that, you know, the the minute cap that Halliburton had all of that, to be able to hang in, have an opportunity, make it a one possession late was I was I was impressed. I don't normally say that about a loss, but I was. Quick one, we'll come back. Dusty May, Florida Atlantic, inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, where Jonah is going back to for his normal job right now at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. Here's Jenny! David Letterman! Hi, David. I'm Grandpa. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Spiro Datis, CBS, TNT, NBA TV, a little bit earlier. Pacers, losers in Boston last night. Uh, it was a multi-layered game, to say the least. I'll jump back to that in a second. IU, a winner at home over Iowa. Anthony Leal had 13. Talked about that a little bit earlier. Kevin Bowen in the 5 o'clock hour. Back nine coming up tomorrow with NBA Jam. We're playing the game. The high score wins. The Nike Air original courtside Michelob Ultra shoes that are badass, everybody. Back nine tomorrow. That's off of Morris and Drover. Near south side of downtown. Just a great picturesque view of downtown. When you're hitting the golf balls, that's tomorrow with Michelob Ultra, friends from Zinc, beginning at 3 o'clock. High score wins the shoes, advances to the finals where you could win your very own arcade edition of NBA Jam. How about that? Again, with Mick Ultra, that's tomorrow beginning at 3 o'clock. Matt Painter, head coach of the Boilers, also coming up on tomorrow's show. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, 7-1 and one atop the, uh, well, I mean, the uh, American Athletic, new conference for a good friend, 17-4 and four overall. And uh, from Greene County, Indiana, my mom called me yesterday during the show and said, you know what, somebody told me that maybe you could be related to to Dusty May. Dusty joins us right now. Dusty, my remarks, my retort was, you know, maybe to a degree, we're probably all pretty close to being related anyway, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go with it. We'll go with it. 
I said, I said, maybe, I don't know if we want to dive too deeply into that or not, <laughs> but yeah, buddy. How yeah, you doing? Maybe, What's up? Uh, doing great. Maybe for another day. Yes. for an, Yeah. We'll do that when, <laughs> when somebody sees you at the Apple Festival in Bloomfield again, we'll do that. So. I heard there were sightings. I've got a lot of doppelgangers out there, but uh, that definitely wasn't well, me. Well, listen. They're like 25 people from Switch City that's looked like you since 1995. You know that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> if the entire Graves family had hair, they'd all look like you. You know that. So, yeah, um, yeah. Rick and Melanie were actually down at a game last week, so it's pretty cool to see. Uh, that's awesome. To see the Graves. Yeah, we've had a lot of uh, Southern Indiana at our games this winter. Uh, it, it's been pretty cool. Um, I did not know this until Josh told me. That, that you and Josh Schertz, you're pretty tight, the head coach of Indiana State. Yeah, we're close friends. We, we talk uh, probably too much because uh, we, we both like to talk and, and, and we get on the phone for a while. But I followed them very closely. You know, when he had a player leave uh, as a grad transfer uh, from his Lincoln Memorial team oh, five or six years ago, and, and we recruited him. And throughout the process, I was watching film on their team and uh, obviously scouting the player. And they played Butler in a really close game. And they played Auburn closely. And I thought, man, this guy's a really good basketball coach. I like what these guys do. And uh, we struck up uh, a friendship, and uh, we, we've grown closer over the years. But what a really, really uh, great human being and, and obviously uh, an even better ball coach. I mean, he's, he's, he's unique. He's, uh, he's elite at what he does. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I've drawn a couple of parallels, but I mean, nothing concrete, but it was almost like this time last year when you and I really started talking because you could tell you guys were gaining, gathering momentum and you know, moving forward and going where you ultimately ended up. And, you know, I'm watching Indiana State and they're down in Belmont later on tonight in the Mo Valley, but it kind of feels like at a similar time, they are gaining a similar level of momentum themselves. There goes Dusty. <laughs> the phone, the phone hung up. I think he's on a move right there. I, again, I say parallels. That probably is overstating it because it's much different, especially the lengths in which Florida Atlantic reach. But I'm just talking about this time of year. You start getting a little bit more notoriety. And what you're doing? So winning some games, putting together back-to-back wins as Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, rejoins us now. I don't know if you heard my question before the phone disconnected here, but I, I drew some parallels between where you were and you and I were talking last year at about this time. You guys were winning games, gaining momentum. It's kind of what Josh has going on with Indiana State right now in the Missouri Valley. He does. I mean, even early in the season – and, you know, and, and it's when you're in, in the middle of a special year, usually you can feel it brewing and you've got the right people, you've got the right part. I watched them, I was like, man, that, that is a, a really well-constructed team. They all complement each other. They're talented. Uh, they're athletic and can shoot. And so it, it was obvious that they were going to at least be good. Um, but when you, you know, Robbie was injured earlier in the year, so they went through – uh, a little bit of spell where they weren't playing as well, but all that did was help them to develop their bench, kind of like our, what happened to us last year with John L. Davis, Elijah Martin missing time early. So, yeah, I, I think they've got something really, really special brewing with this group um, because of those reasons. And, and they look competitive. They look together. 
Um, you know, they cheer for each other's success. So, yeah, I've enjoyed watching them just because I appreciate um, that type of basketball, uh, you know, aside from being friends with, with Coach Schertz and Matthew and those guys. So Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, starting at the top of the list with – Let's face it, with the success you guys had a year ago and remaining basically the same, I mean, you're a marked squad every night and you move to a different conference. Besides the top of that list, how would you compare where you are right now to where you felt this team was at this time a year ago? It's just different, John. Obviously, the expectations and and uh, if you don't, if you win by five on the road, it's not enough. And so it's been a, it's been a really a uh, special learning experience for all of us. Uh, we're learning about human nature. We're learning about expectations. We're learning about how difficult it is uh, to be the, the target or hunted every single day. And it's just different when, when you when you have McDonald's All-Americans, when you have top five players in the country, they've been the target every time they've walked in the gym. I remember seeing you know, Lewis Williams and, and those guys back in the day go against guards from Chicago. And those guards from Chicago, it was life or death. They wanted to make a name against those future NBA players. And so it's, you know, our guys have always been the back gym guys trying to make a name for themselves. So the, the, the roles have been reversed, uh, but, it's, but it's been, uh, it's been challenging. It's been different, but we're, we're a better basketball team than we were. And we're probably not quite as gritty as, as we were consistently last year. We're starting to get that back, but much more potent offensively. Our guys are all better individually. We're still trying to figure out collectively how to really find uh, the best rhythm and and, uh, and, 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 and chemistry and, and things like that together. But we're getting closer and closer. And, uh, you know, when you have a season like we did last year, people forget the growing pains that you had and the, the ups and downs that you had throughout a five-month season. And uh, as long as you're moving forward, learning from it, and everybody's still uh, working with the same level of, of, of energy and attention to detail, you're going to get where you want to get to. You mentioned a point that I was – often wondering and, and you take a group and you guys clearly just a fantastic team you, you guys evolved into a great team a team concept a year ago and you mentioned guys wanting to kind of do some things on their own and, and you develop these individual personalities as we saw developed and saw them on tv moving up until the final four is it at all tough to to reel back in that team concept when a lot of guys start to realize you know the individual accolades they're getting about their games under those circumstances of a year ago is it tough to get that team concept back and and unique to your squad moving forward a hundred percent of the time yeah it's a it's a battle every single day you know we the 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 selfish uh attitude that comes with any basketball player now is, is coming from the outside or expectations it's it's rarely coming from within and we have great guys that it's typically we just have to recenter them and get them back. But our identity was how well we shared the ball, how many, how we, we deferred to the hot hand or to the, the proper matchup, and then how, how gritty we were for loose basketballs and rebounding despite our size. So we're still trying to make sure that's, that's who we are to the core. And then, uh, I guess, evolving outside of that. But if we don't get loose basketballs, if we don't fight like crazy on defense, if we don't get stops to, to ignite our transition offense, then we're not going to max out as a team. And, and maxed out could look completely different than last year. You never know. But we definitely feel like our, our upside is much higher. But, you know, the, the guys go off to the NBA and work out and, and it, it's the individual time. It's, it's always difficult to bring them back and, and 
Yeah, help them understand that they don't have to reinvent themselves. They don't have to reinvent the wheel. They simply have to do everything a little bit better. And then our team will be uh, – because guys get bored with the role. They get bored with, with the details. And so it's our job to continue to, to sell to them that that's the best for them individually and us collectively. Yeah, that's, um, that spotlight can be difficult, man. In the moment, it would seem, because you guys are beneath it the entire time, at the moment it can be great, but then you got to go back and you're even with everybody else to start a season. And then as we mentioned, I mean, everybody has you with a check mark next to your name on the schedule ready to give their best at you. That's th- Those are hard things, I think, to how should I say it, recalibrate and to restart after the type of year, the way that you guys ended last year, that would seem to be tough to kind of recreate that, I guess is what I'm saying. Very tough to recreate that exact, you know, I guess, chemistry and identity. Yeah, right. But, it, you know, you have you have power fives forming the court and, and doing water baths when they beat us. So it, it was even new to us as a staff thinking, you know, when we took over this job five or six years ago, whatever it was, you know, we're Ken Palm 289 or whatever it was. And to see the, the court storms and the reactions, it, it's a, now we have a responsibility to, to make sure we bring our, our A game every single day. And, and even when we're not playing well, be tough enough to find different ways to win. And so we've had to learn a lot about ourselves. And I spent, we spent as a staff all offseason trying to anticipate what the problems were going to be. And, you know, we, we hit on some of them and, and got out in front of them, but we missed the mark on a few of them. And, uh, you know, it's not something you can ever hit 100%, but there were definitely a couple uh, issues that we didn't anticipate that we've had to navigate through. And, and like I said, because our guys have great substance and character, um, we've always been able to, to refocus and reset it. It's uh, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Obviously, you preside. You coach over them. Do you have good guys on the floor that actually help kind of police their own from teammate to teammate where you know that somebody out there is going to handle some things if maybe you're concentrating on another aspect or another another team member at that moment? Absolutely. And, and you know, we have a couple of guys in the locker room that – if it's not a major issue, I can go to them and just say, Hey, here's what I see. Can you help me get this? You know, can, can we get this fixed? And, and it's usually as simple as I got to say, yeah, we got you. And so, yeah, we have that type of leadership in our locker room. And even as, you know, we get a lot of questions, how do you get it flipped here? How did you guys get it turned? And the, the, the easiest way to look at it is we have a group of guys that are elite competitors. They love the game of basketball and they, they really respect each other. And, and, and a lot of them love each other, and they're really close friends. But even the ones that aren't close, they, they respect each other's abilities. They respect how much the others bring to, the, to this equation. So it's been a unique blend, but it started with guys who absolutely love playing ball and are elite competitors. And if you're an elite competitor, you usually figure out a way to be successful. Um, it, it's just kind of how, how the, the world turns. You guys are in a new conference this year, the American. How has that gone? Now, recently, winners of six consecutive. Uh, Tulsa coming up, I believe, on Saturday. But how how has that gone for your group of veteran guys, been together, now vaulting as a part of a, a new conference this season? It's been it's been great because it's new. Um, you know, when you bring everybody back, uh, everyone wants a little different role, a little more. And for us to have new teams, it, it's kept up from getting stale, going to the same gyms, the same schools, and, and all that. So, um, But it's, it's been a challenge to get to know new opponents. But it, it's been very, very fresh. We're getting ready to get into the, the real meat of our schedule. 
Um, but right now, sitting in first place with with almost you know one game before the midway point, and we like where we are. We're in position to to do what we need to do. But um, like I said, there's still a lot of work to do. That the teams that are going to find ways to win championships are the ones that are still going to find a way to improve. Now that we're hitting February. A lot more TV time, too. You guys are all over the place, television-wise now. That's something else you get to deal with on a night-in and night-out basis. Yeah, I think we've been on ESPN or ESPN2 eight or nine times already. We yeah. were on Fox National Game of the Week. Uh, we have a couple games on CBS. But yeah, it, it's been really uh, – it's been great for our players and their families and, and, and obviously for the university. I mean, that's, that's a, a big part of – um, of, of you know, we we feel great pride in being able to to really contribute to growing this university and kind of um, you know pulling back the curtain and letting everybody see what Florida Atlantic is. But yeah, it seems like every game's on TV and, and the uh, package is, is is awesome. I mean, it seems like every Saturday or Sunday there's three or four games from our conference on national television. So it's been great, uh, you know, to to for recruiting and, and for our fan base. So, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline as well. So, how how are you doing as far as the program? Are, are you still at the grassroots level or, or are you growing this thing? Are you Let's just say, for example, are you at a spot right now in growing the program at Florida Atlantic? Are you where maybe at a point in time you thought it would take more years than this to get to? You know, John, we, we thought we would, in, within a few years, we thought we would be competing for conference championships. And then you're competing for conference championships. Usually that's good enough to get you to postseason. And then you get to postseason. And if you're playing really good basketball and you have a team that can play different styles and systems and win any type of way, you're, you're, uh, you're going to have a shot to make a run. And so that's kind of what we ourselves on. We, we, you know, I guess it was two years ago we felt like we were knocking at the door of a, of a great season and, and had some misfortune, had some injuries and whatnot. And then it drove our guys to, to work even harder and, and uh, for last season. And then last year, once we got some confidence, then uh, we really believed we could beat anyone. And it just kind of took off from there. But um, this year has been different. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different uh, level of expectations. It's, everything's been different, but it's, it's been just as fun uh, because of the guys we have in our locker room. How often have you gone back to watch that national semifinal game? I watched it uh, th- that night, and then I watched it a couple days later, and then I watched it once in the off season. And it was, I was, I was detached emotionally each time. It was more just to learn uh, what they did, what what was our response to it, what could we have done better. And we're just we're we're constantly logging all situations and learning experiences because you never know what you're going to see again. So uh, San Diego State being a top five defense in the country, we wanted to see um, what part of our game plan was was successful, and then and then what we struggled with, and then we we work on those things in the off season and preseason in case we see that type of team again. But um, it was it was tough to watch because we made mistakes that we hadn't made all season. We got beat to a couple 50-50 basketballs. And uh, that, that's that's very very uncommon with this group. So there were a couple of plays that gave them the opportunity to, to hang around, and then they made their run last after we had a nice lead. So it was tough watching those plays. But as far as the shot, I didn't feel personally that we deserved to win like we did most of our games because our our, our level of intensity and determination wasn't quite the same for whatever reason. See, and I don't look at it from a coaching standpoint. I just think, man, a half inch. <laughs> 
and now I'm in due time bail. It is, it's, I, I don't know how you look at it, man. That's incredible. Hey, hey, John, here, here's the, the crazy thing about it. I, and I don't call it luck. I call it the, random, the randomness of winning and losing. Yeah. John L. Davis has the ball at the top of the key. We probably need to open up a, a gap to his left hand so he can get downhill. He gets an angle on their backup center and can't decide whether to shoot his running hook or his layup. Gets caught in between. The ball comes off funny. It doesn't hit the rim. It lands to their best player quickly. They race up the floor, and they went into a bad spacing point where typically nine times out of ten we would have trapped that spot. But because the next player had made three threes that half, B.J. Greenlee decided not to trap. And if he would have trapped, we would have full rotated because that's what we do. Decides not to, not to trap it. The, their best athletic shot creator dribbled it out and had the one guy that he's probably able to elevate over and make the shot. So a lot had to go into that. <laughs> yeah. But that's well, a, we were that, that didn't, that we didn't make me feel any better. National championship. That won't make me feel any better. <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I I think about that in terms I mentioned before you came on that that Matt Matt Painter's coming on tomorrow and that that's like a similar effect of of that the game with the Boilers and uh, Carson Edwards in, in Virginia a handful of years ago and, and it's it well, it well, is John, inter- we were at Columbus we were there because we played at yeah. right after Purdue so I was I was sitting in the baseline watching the first eight or ten minutes of that game and you could smell something funny was was about to happen man I I um. I would find it very difficult, and that's why I wouldn't be built for this. And that's why you do what you do, and, and Matt does what he does. But I, it, it'd be tough for me to detach the emotion of that and that moment and just not see it for what the emotion dictates its worth at, at that time compared to you looking at it and analyzing it in a coaching standpoint in the fashion in which you did. That's why you're who you are, and I'm just some kind of knob. <laughs> hey, but even that, I'm sitting there watching that, thinking like, man, if I'm Coach Painter, what am I thinking right now? What? Yeah. And I thought he made, I thought he made all the right moves. I mean, you could see it. Edie misses a couple short hooks that always go in. Their shooters are too open, and they're not used to shooting wide open out of rhythm. It was almost as if the perimeter defense was so bad it was good. And then you could tell, even though the shooters were open, Coach Painter started running some of their their comfort sets or the shots that their shooters normally get to try to find the rhythm and then those didn't go in. So it was, it was, it really was the perfect storm, but that F- FDU team was, was, uh, was unique that, uh, you know, they had a couple 15 to 18% three point shooters banging in three or four a night uh, against Purdue and us. So it, it literally was the perfect storm. And, uh, but man, it was, you could feel it. You know, you, you never felt like Purdue was going to lose, but early on you could say, man, this could go the other way just because of the way the game felt and some shots just not dropping for Purdue. So Dusty May of FAU with us. What was your team's best game of the tournament? Our team's best game, I thought Tennessee the second half. We were, we were special um, on both sides of the ball. Um, we were really – we didn't play well the first 10 minutes. They were the aggressor. They were more physical in the glass. And then we were trying to play over them on our, on our, our, our ball screen pick-and-roll reads. And those guys are 6'7", and we're about – 5'11 to 6'2 at the guard position. So I thought our guys adjusted. They, they started playing with, with more bounce passes and hitting pockets early. And then once we found our offensive rhythm, um, I felt like Tennessee's expectations probably caught up with them a little bit where their guys didn't play with the same looseness uh, that we were playing with. And, and that's one thing, too, that, that I felt like throughout the tournament, seeing those games live, the, the bigger teams didn't play with the same level of looseness that the, the, the mid-majors did, you know, with that nothing-to-lose mentality. 
And so, you know, even when you're the favorite, you've got to find a way to not let expectations and all that other stuff creep in uh, to, to how you play the game and, and your natural instincts and, and the rhythm of the game. Because I, I think that's more common uh, than, than people realize. At least it was from my perspective from where I was sitting and, and, and watching those games and feeling it. So how much of Southern Indiana has been at a lot of your games this year? You know, there's been a lot. Lynn Hauser used to cover oh, the, the, yes. the, the in Bloomington. Times, yeah, who's retired? Yeah, he's 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 at a lot of games. Uh, you know, Doctor Offell's been down. Uh, Tom, Tom Abernathy's here all the time, so he brings Laz and he brought Jerry, he brought Jerry Memory down last week. I could go on and on. I, I don't want to leave anybody off, but there's a lot of uh, Southern Indiana that, that drops in at our games as they're as they're uh, vacationing uh, to get away from the, the gray skies of, of Indiana right now. <laughs> You can't. All of Southern Indiana down there. That's good. I love it. I, hey, that's 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 not to mention the Green County, the, the family and the, and the oh, family connections. Yeah. We, we've had fifteen or twenty at, at several games from uh, Green County, Martin County, or Monroe County, wherever. I um I still am amazed, and I, I remember telling you this story of Dustin Hayes um, last year during the tournament where he was uh bush hog. He was bush hog. Yeah, I saw him bush hogging. Um, a day before, and then the next day he was sitting behind your bench with his hat on and, you know, how, how you get the bill and you squeeze the bill like his country hat on. He had it right sitting right behind your bench at Madison Square Garden. And I thought, man, you, you, you can't put this together accurately without laughing right here. Bush hogging the day before, sitting behind your bench, you know, at a, a regional game in the NCAA tournament at Madison Square Garden. It was amazing. Well, John, I, uh, you know, I, I was pretty consumed with what we needed to do, but there were several <laughs> relatives and friends from home when they showed up at the garden and I didn't know they were coming. My wife just kind of handled, and handled all of it. I looked around and was like, how in the beep beep did they find their way <laughs> to Madison Square Garden right now? And, uh, yeah, so it, it was fun. It was a, it was a great ride. We definitely felt the support from back home. And uh, that's the one thing about the people from Southern Indiana and, and Indiana that have been down here. They, they appreciate the toughness that our, that our guys play with. Yeah. You know, something else, too. How is it for you? We talked about your team and, you know, you're getting the accolades and getting talked about and being in the spotlight um, and how to handle that. How has that been for you? Myself? Uh, you know, by nature, I'm, you know, I just kind of coach basketball and keep to myself. So it's it's been a – a nice introduction to uh, being out and, and having, you know, people want to talk to you and, and take pictures and all that. But uh, it's, it's an honor. You know, it's a privilege. This is something that, that, was, that was bigger than any dream I ever had. So, um, you know, I think if you'd ask anyone that's familiar with our program, I don't think there's anyone in our, in our locker room, in our offices that, that has changed at all. We've taken a lot of pride in being the exact same people that we were before this run. And, and we'll be the, exact same people after that, you know, just, it, it, it kind of, it, it is what, it's what makes us us. And I hear it all the time, how humble our guys are. And that's probably the, the thing I'm most proud of because when they spent the entire off season being told how great they were uh, daily, uh, hourly, mm. and for them to remain humble and understand that um, that's not what it's about. It's, it, it's a very proud I think for me as a coach. It uh it is amazing. The other thing that I noticed out of all that before I let you go is just how quickly. I mean, really dusty poof and that thing is gone. I mean, you you go you go acceleration wise from, you know, 0 to 150 and then poof, it's over. And that's that's what's amazing to me. That's hard to deal with. 
It is, and, and it's what's next. It's it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you can feel the transition now from from football ending or winding down into basketball, and, and it's just it, it's the way the sports world works. And uh, we refuse to complain about any of it, and we just we, we we try to be ready, be available, and and also understand it. It is what it is, but none of that's our priority. Our priority has to be about the 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 ball and, and doing it together and, and uh, the relationships that we have and, and we continue to develop. All right. Seven and one in the American 17 and four overall. What do you guys rank this week? 20th, I think. I th- yeah, I think we're 20th we're right around 26th or so with Ken Palm with computer metrics. Had you ever been ranked in your life before this year? You know what? Yeah. Last year, I know, should say. I mean, yeah, any- yeah, I don't want to bring I don't want to bring it up. But, you know, when I was a manager, we were ranked several times, and then when wow. we went to USC, we made the lead eight under Coach Bibby. And then when we came back to Indiana, the the, the one year, um, you know, we're playing Kentucky. I believe we're top five in the country coming off Maui. And then uh, we with the, the you know we we the wheels fell off a little bit for us. And then at La Tech, we were ranked. So yeah, we've been we've been ranked several times. The La Tech was similar to this, but it was the the first time they had been ranked since Carl Malone. And we won 16 straight conference games uh, with a group very, very similar to the guys that, that we have in our locker room right now. Hey, how jealous is Mike White of your situation? Oh no, he was he was behind <laughs> our bench uh, cheering us on. Um, I'm so conflicted tonight. I've got I've got radio and I've I've got to go on and do the uh, halftime of Florida game where where my oldest son Jackson walked on. Oh, that's where you guys. Yeah, that's where you are right now. No, I'm in, I'm on campus, but we're gonna they're gonna uh, bring me in live, and I gotta come back to the to the gym after the radio show. My middle sons that walk on at UCF, they play Baylor tonight. Georgia plays uh, Alabama, closer to my Nate Oates, and then uh, and then Indiana State and Belmont. Who uh, you know, a former yeah. player of mine is an assistant at Belmont, and obviously I'm a big uh, big tree fan. So it's 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 gonna be a, a tough night trying to get four games uh, on at once. Good Lord, why don't you find something to do down there? Seems like you're bored. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, give the family my best, man, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Safe travels to wherever you go and uh, continue to win. We will catch back up. I'm going to go watch Brooks Barnheiser tonight, too, play at Purdue with Northwestern. So, wow, yeah. Northwestern's at Purdue. Yep, yep. He uh, he came on yesterday, and we talked about his dad and old-school pickup games a lot. So Wow. Well, coincidentally, I've become good friends with uh, Coach Barnheiser's college roommate from Auburn. So we'll, uh, we'll share stories for another day. <laughs> we have to have – we'll probably have to have the button ready. We have to have the delay ready for those stories right there, I'm sure. So, hey, yeah. always good to hear from you. My best of the family. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. It's uh, Dusty May right there with a little bit to do. What do you say is he's got one son that is playing at Central Florida, one son that plays at Florida. Man, I mentioned Mike White, too. Mike White's at Georgia. He was an assistant for Mike White at Louisiana Tech, and then Mike White got the job at Florida, and then he became an assistant at Florida. And if you know Mike White, Mike White's father was the longtime athletic director, Kevin White, at Duke. So there's a lot working right there for Greene County's finest and then everybody goes to the Bloomfield Apple Festival, and they call me and say, hey, Dusty Mays here, where are you? And I say, uh, hey, Dusty, they say at the Apple Festival you want me to come down. And he said, no, I'm down here in, uh, in West Palm right now. It wasn't him. And I said, well, you know what? You've got like nine different dudes that look exactly like you from Switch City, so what you would expect, I don't know. 
Good dude right there, though. Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Bowen coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Chance to win some tickets. I'll reset tomorrow's show on the road. Pacer conversation. IU from yesterday. Purdue preview. All that and more coming up. 93.5107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. You get nothing. You lose Good day, sir. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. No, it's good to see Dusty May had that success. I'm looking out for the Sycamores, too. I had no idea before. It been the second time I had Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, on the show that uh, those guys were as close. I think Josh, actually, something Dusty didn't share, Josh attended Florida Atlantic. I had no idea that they were that close. I knew the connection with Matthew Graves, obviously, but I had no idea that uh, Josh Schertz and, and Dusty were tight. But it's always interesting to hear that story, and especially dealing with that level of success that you're absolutely thrown into. And as he mentioned, you know, you prepare yourself for possible pitfalls, but there are going to be some things that, simply put, you don't recognize, something that may fall through the cracks that you're not prepared for. And in a season like that, and then changing conferences, you got all that coming at you at one time. And then as he mentioned, too, if you beat a team by five, people go, oh, well, you know what? These guys are down from last year. These guys aren't as good as last year. And it all comes with the territory. That interests me a great deal. If you missed any of it, podcast, Dusty May, the head coach of Florida Atlantic. Find that 107.5thefan.com. Yeah, always good stuff. Yeah, IU winner last night over Iowa. We talked about just an incredible second quarter for the Celtics last night. And I've been hesitant to bring up the term moral victory, and I'm not, but I can't lie to you. I was incredibly impressed with the way and the situation that the Pacers climbed out of to make that thing competitive, to give themselves a chance to win. And even after Tyrese Halliburton had to sit down because of the minutes restriction hanging in there, Honestly, most teams having a second quarter offensively like Boston did last night just simply put put you away. So it was not an entertaining loss. It is still disappointing they didn't win, but maybe even more so than that, impressed that they were able, they were capable to hang in. I think we all thought in the second quarter, well, this is not going to be any fun. It's going like that first matchup in Boston. And it did not turn out that way whatsoever. Make a shot here or there down the stretch, and things could be uh, drastically different. Aaron Neesmith, 26-12 and 12 for the Pacers in that loss. And, you know, as normally is the case, both Tatum and Brown were incredible. And you look back to that second quarter, check out a, a shot chart. <laughs> it's It's sick. It is absolutely sick. And, and a lot of people were saying, well, you know, this is really bad Pacers defense. I I honestly, sitting there, couldn't tell if it was as bad a defense as it was just to absolute next-level shot-making. It's exactly how I felt right there. I mean, it was incredible. 
and they were able to hang in. So, yeah, I didn't use the term moral victory, and I'm certainly not going to use the term entertaining loss, but that was beyond wild on the road against the Knicks coming up tomorrow evening, Madison Square Garden. Hey, JMV, I was in attendance last night at Assembly Hall. It was a treat to see Anthony Leal shine. It was electric. Good for him, too. And JMV, you and Jake were talking about F1 and Andretti. What is the deal there? Um, I'm pretty dumb on this subject. Well, like a lot of other subjects. Pretty dumb on this. But F1 rejected Michael Andretti's bid to join the grid. And... Uh, I guess said that they were going to visit that in 2028, which, uh, again, even for a lot of people who aren't F1 fans and probably wouldn't normally give a crap, I completely understand, but it's given us the opportunity to make fun of F1. You know, as if it's incredibly competitive the way that it is. And the fact that they like to utilize a lot of the cash over here, but clearly not a team. I think Andretti was going to go with Cadillac. As the engine manufacturer. And that has evidently been dismissed by the governing body of F1. I think at least until 2028 is maybe what I read. And I hate to see this. Like I think that the best ambassador... Arguably in motorsports right now, certainly around here, is that of Mario Andretti. And when Mario Andretti tweets that he is devastated, that devastates a lot of people around here because you just like Mario. I always said this too. In terms of driving fast, and this is still common, right? But in terms of driving fast, let's just say, for example, you're out there cruising around. You've dodged a couple of potholes. You're late getting home. You put your heavy foot down a little bit, and you know you get pulled over, and you get the policeman come up and said, hey, why are you going so fast, Andretti? I mean, the Andretti name has been globally synonymous with a racing, globally, not just in America. That's a term. Hey, settle down there, Andretti. I mean, I, maybe they do in Europe. They say, hey, settle down a little bit there. Take your foot off the pedal, Raikkonen. <laughs> do they say that? Maybe they did in the day. Hey, 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 easy on the gas pedal there, Schumacher. Probably do. Well, I mean, for one, I mean, you don't have to say that on the uh, Audubon, the real Audubon, not the redneck Audubon. Right? Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Hamilton. Slow it down a little bit, Hamilton. So, not the biggest of deals around here, I'm sure, for a lot of you that really don't get involved in F1. And I'm kind of right there with you. But it gives us an opportunity to galvanize with one another and make fun of something we simply don't know a lot about. Which I think we all have a great deal of fun in doing. Right? You you make fun at something you really don't know too much about and you dismiss it because you don't know too much about it. We make fun of it. It's like me and Roadhouse, the reboot. I haven't seen it, right? I haven't seen, Why am I making fun of it? It's the way we are.
Race fans have that distinct opportunity today. Uh, shout out to Dusty May a little bit earlier, the Florida Atlantic head coach and uh, Green County's finest. Podcast at 1075thefan.com. Uh, Spiro Ditas of CBS also a little bit earlier was really good. CBS, TNT, NBA TV about the Pacers and the Celtics from last night. That matchup with the Knicks coming up tomorrow night and more. Uh, Jerry's and Fisher's at 239-1070. Jerry, welcome to the show. How are you? Jay and V, long time, buddy. Jerry, slow down. Slow down. Would you, Raikkonen? Slow down. Nah, it's always Andretti. Hey, Andretti. I mean, nobody's ever – I mean, with all due respect to Tony Stewart. Hey, hey, Tony Stewart, settle down. It's always Andretti. Slow down, Andretti. Why are you driving so fast? Anyway, go ahead, Jerry and Fishers. Hey, I just wanted to – and you probably talked about it all day, but uh, what Purdue is going to do to Northwestern tonight is going to be funny. It's going to be funny? Funny. Like It's it, going to be comical. In a like 20-point blowout type of comedy is what you're trying to tell me right here. I'm thinking 25, 28 points, yes, sir. A little payback is what they're thinking here. Get a home court. Da- Listen, I, I'm not doubting it whatsoever. That's a tough place to play for anybody, certainly Northwestern as well. So you think they're going to be the au- yeah, author know, of a 20-plus point blowout tonight? I do, and I, I think the guards are going to shoot well finally again tonight. Um, and uh, that's what that's what Purdue has to do, right? If, if the guards are shooting and they're pounding to Edie, I just don't see anybody beating this team in the tournament. Uh, but that's always been the stretch for Purdue, right? In the past, is we need that guard play, and can we consistently get it? No, there's no doubt about that. And, and a guy like like a good a good test, right? And and they didn't pass it in that first loss going back to the end of December. Is Boo Boo is a really good gauge to see where you are with that in mind. And that's yeah. what's going to make it interesting Absolutely. tonight because he's a, a quick guard. He's going to take that last shot. He's going to take it in the crunch time moments. He's going to try to get around you. And those types of situations are those that have haunted this Boilermaker group before. It did, honestly, in a couple of moments in that first meeting. And uh, it's a good test for them tonight, no doubt. Yes, sir. You enjoy the rest of the show, and I'll uh, probably see you tomorrow. Jerry, I can't wait to see you tomorrow and. In- Back nine. Jerry from Fisher's at back nine with me tomorrow. The lovely Jeanette says, my son has his driver's permit, and I say, hey, take it easy, Mario. That's like... Andretti. I mean, it's not like uh, JMV. I mean, Andretti's name. Dismissed. Am I missing any when you're driving too fast name references? Am I living in the past with Andretti here? Is there anything else? Does anybody say, hey, settle down, Harvick? Hey, settle down, Bush. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, slow it down. Decrease the RPMs a little bit, would you, Bush? It's always Andretti. Again, when we can get together. And we can become a galvanizing force against those outside wrongdoers from, for example, Europe. We can galvanize together, and we especially do it, and we're really good at this in the situations in which we know very little about what we're talking about. So, I mean, really, this fits like a glove. 
don't know really what we're talking about here, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to sure as hell make fun of it. All right, slow down speed racer was a reference in, was that a reference in uh, The Hangover, right? I'm asking James. See, this is supposed to be your era, The Hangover. See, about say, I was actually, it uh, Rob, actually, what's the guy's name, Rob from Kansas City, the the comedian actor, Rob? I have no idea who you're talking about. James, man. Doesn't he, isn't he quoted as saying, slow down speed racer in The Hangover? Mm. Look up his name, Rob something. Uh, I'm seeing it's a quote from Step Brothers. No, was it? St- oh, no, yes, you're right. It is Step Brothers. Yeah. Good call. It is Step Brothers. Yes. Well, he's in that too. Right? Who are you talking about? Yeah, well, his name is Rob something. He's an actor and comedian. Let's look it up. Step Brothers yeah. Rob. Hold on a second. Look it up really quick. Why can't I come up with it? Until like this past year, it seems like he was on like everything sports. Rob Rob Riggle? Rob Riggle. Okay. Oh, I know is. who that is. Okay. Slow down, speed racer. Step Brothers is pretty good, by the way, though. And Nathan says, my grandpa taught me how to drive. Always said, settle down, Parnelli. <laughs> yeah, love it. Quick one, we'll come back. Top of the hour, Bowen. Are we going to get a moist blanket, a wet blanket? Or are we going to get somebody that goes, oh, you know what? Last night, you know, last night, you thought it was going to be worse. And it turned out to be interesting. And it had a team that we really haven't seen a lot of together hang in. Bowen, top of the hour. Third Eye Blind tickets coming up as well. I think it's easy for stopping for the millennials. <laughs> Take that foot off the accelerator for stopping. Back with you next. The Ride with JMV. It takes him a second to get on the stool because he's under five feet tall. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I forgot to tell you this yesterday. So the snake pit this year, known for DJ produced artists. Timmy Trumpet is going to be a part of it. Remember this Timmy Trumpet song? Turn this up. This is Timmy Trumpet. He is going to be a part of the festivities, the DJ-led festivities in the Snake Pit this year. Now, somebody's going to have to help me out on this, and I always kind of consider myself a little bit cool. Probably cooler, I would call myself, than what I actually am. Is it... What the hell is this? Excision? What is that? I don't know who that is. The festival creator will headline the all-star lineup of global electronic music artists. I can't pronounce the name. Should I try? Is it Excision? What? Spell it. E-X-C-I-S-I-O-N. God, this is going to make me sound so decrepitly old. Let me spell it out for you, Sonny. Dom Dalla, Sullivan King, Griffin, and Timmy Trumpet. That was your race day snake pit 
performers for the 108th running of the Indianapolis 500 presented by Gamebridge. You got in mind who I'm talking about here? I mean, I've looked him up on Google. I've never really heard of him before. I've just heard of Timmy Trumpet because that was a walk-up song for the uh, the Diaz dude that came out of the bullpen for the Mets year before last. Like a big deal. Timmy Trumpet played his trumpet, I think, at one point when he got called from the bullpen. That was really cool. That song's called uh, Narco. That's what it's called. Timmy Trumpet. The only one I really know. If you're younger and certainly a hell of a lot more hip than I just sounded right here, you can let me know who that might be. <laughs> Quick break and we'll return. Here's somebody else that also won't know. I guarantee it. Kevin Bowen joins us next. The Ride with JMV. Excuse me, Robo. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? Stay out of trouble. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. All right, this is uh, Excision? Excision? That's uh, the guy that's going to highlight the snake pit right here. I uh, have never sounded as old in my life. I am trying to get who the hell this is. <laughs> the 2024 Indy 500 Snake Pit. Of course, always a part of EDM. That's electronic dance music. Not ED. EDM. Um, Excision? Excision. Well, headline. Dom Dollar, Griffin, Sullivan King, and I mentioned Timmy Trumpet, who had the Edwin Diaz walk out of the bullpen song called uh, Narco for the Mets a couple of years ago with his uh, trumpet. Sunday, May the 26th, right there. The Snake Pit. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. By the way, to Dusty May a little bit earlier, Florida Atlantic joined us, Spiro Dita, CBS, TNT, NBA TV, also earlier podcast, 1075thefan.com. So I mentioned who's going to be in the snake pit. I'm not even going to ask your partner as Kevin Bowen joins us from the morning wake-up call. I'm not going to ask Andy. He's not only from northern Kentucky. He would have no clue, certainly if I have no clue. Have you heard of any of those EDM artists I just mentioned? So when I read the um, I read the press release, my initial reaction was no, I haven't. But so you did you did I hear you correctly? Something about the Mets bullpen, yeah, closer song. Yeah, you remember you remember that song, Timmy Trumpet. Remember that song? Yeah, yeah. He's he's going to be there, Timmy Trumpet. Oh, okay. Well, I you know I've never met Timmy Trumpet or you know I've seen him in concert or anything, but I've certainly seen the images of the. Uh, gosh, what's the name? Diaz. Uh, Edwin Diaz. Yeah, running in from the bullpen. So, um, yeah, I guess I got that going for me. He was injured, lad. Did he tear his Achilles before the start of the season for the Mets? He was out all last year, I think, right? I think that sounds right. So we're not going to try and run it back with Shaq? Wasn't that a last-minute kind of fiasco with that? It was, year, right? yeah. He just all of a sudden couldn't stink and make it, could he? Think he's yeah, gonna pull that, that on the All Star Game weekend? Yeah, yeah. You know what? It's in there. I just can't make it. I don't think I can make it. Well, you know, maybe we need him on the JMV Takeover Saturday night. You know, instead of the Snake Pit, maybe he can. Yes, yes. When I think of Shaq, I think it'd be one hundred five point seven. I heard that he's having a huge party. 
that it's going to be very hard to get into unless you're an A-list celebrity. Have you heard about any of these All-Star Weekend A-list celebrity parties that have not been reported yet? Anything? Uh, no. Uh, no. I mean, I'm, you know, a Z-list celebrity. And, yeah. and I, I, Oh, it's I not. No, no, no. Yeah, we're not getting invited. We're not going to get in. I mean, we know where or is that not allowed? Or we're not going to get in. They won't even let us clean the toilets in that place afterwards. <laughs> yeah. No, that is that is certainly true. I, I I am like genuinely curious, like that aspect to it. I'm like, gosh, how many places are there that like I I don't know could satisfy the needs for what those parties typically could be in the well, city yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I've heard like there's one with Naughty by Nature and Spud Web, and I'd be all over that. But I think Jordan, I think Jordan's got one um, that's coming up here that's pretty big that is uh, big-time invite only. I think uh, Shaq has one that's big-time invite only. So maybe a couple places downtown they are going to be rented out, get about a hundred k for uh, some people to get in there. Yeah. Gosh, and are these the places like we would know of? Or yeah, are, I think, are we yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a particular cigar bar that is going to end up being rented mm. out. I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but whatever, that's what we do. Yeah, then maybe a stop at the Red Garter for some folk. I wonder. I wonder about this. You ever been to Vegas and gone to the strip clubs? Uh yes, I have. You ever been to yes, Cheetahs? Did you ever go to Cheetahs? Gosh, uh, I don't. Let me tell you Actually, a little. maybe we did. It, it was a it was the first bachelor party out of college, so it was a bit fuzzy for for many reasons. Let me tell you a little story about peaches from San Diego. So peaches <laughs> from San Diego um, was hanging out with me uh, back when I was in my twenties at um, at Cheetahs, and peaches informed me, and I didn't have any idea. I mean, very naive I am. Had no idea that on certain weekends, if not really every weekend, but certainly big weekends, that every major strip club, every major city on the West Coast, that for that weekend, their top-level talent would fly into Vegas because of the amount of money that they could make. That according to Peaches. Peaches told me that. I had no idea. Sounds like. You know, homecoming weekend in uh, at Crawfordsville, and the Wabash crew is busting in the girls from, from from Purdue here. Yeah, well, I mean, think about Vegas coming up here hosting the Super Bowl. I mean, Peaches, right. if, if Peaches yeah. is if if she's still got her, you know what, in business here, Peaches sure. may be making some money. It may be a little bit too far down the road by now, but yeah, I mean, Peaches's next generation could be pretty pretty set uh when you consider that so good luck I is that peaches with an s or a z did you did you um to you know what that? i don't know if we ever determined a spelling of her name i think just the name itself was plenty yeah sure <laughs> well good for her i don't I, I i'm now trying to think i mean do we I, are we gonna be will there be any fort wayne do, do we try and tap into evansville are we yeah, are, are yeah we i think that, yeah here? i think they're bringing them in from Terre Haute and Bedford and the armpit and <laughs> South Bend and everywhere. Yeah, bringing them all yeah, in for yeah, the weekend. Well, we have the Hip Hugger Happy Hour here, sponsored by our folks right off of US 31 here coming up. Uh, a little buffet on Friday morning. That is, that's absolutely awesome. But no, um, yeah, it, it's funny. I got When I got married in Vegas in 2000, uh, we had, um, let me think here, like, 50 of our friends that went out it was basically 25 of my dudes and then 25 of her ladies 
And we went to a place called Olympic Gardens, and the dudes were housed down below, and the ladies went upstairs where the guys would, uh, I guess commonly, uh, kind of B-52 in and around that room. So we we had like double barrel action going on the second floor and the first floor with the ladies on the second. I don't even know if Olympic Gardens is still open, and the dudes on the first wow. right there. And Look you know, at that. They had, a, their, guy, they had their guys and their grape smugglers and, you know, buzzing around the room in their B-52 action. So, yeah. Talk about a multi-purpose facility there. So that yeah, was great. Facilities like that, I don't know if we can. No, oh, you got married in a church. You got married to Maddie in a church, right? Yeah. No, I didn't get yeah, married in yeah, any yeah. church. Yeah. yeah, there was no church for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's certainly a different, a, a different type of church to a lot of people there on that and there. Yeah, I, I know the you know the great folks who visited Indy Indian Sports Court. You know, there's so much. Uh, greatness about our city in those events. I don't know if we can pull off the Olympic Gardens here, but maybe that's a box we need to check. Well, and, and here's what. If anybody out there can get us uh, a pair of tickets, this is for Kev and I, just us, to go to uh, the Jordan party or the Shaq party, let us know. If it's, uh, you know, again, even if it's to clean toilets, just sure. let us know. Yeah, oh, yeah. So we're all good. Tables, I'll, I'll, I'll hand out shots, yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever I need to. <laughs> hey, by the way, Matt says the Colts kickoff song after a score is Freaks by Timmy Trumpet. Did you know that? So I know they changed it up this year. Um, okay, that makes a little more sense. So so is it bang on these drums after a touchdown and then yeah. it kind of turns into that See, right before the kickoff song? I, okay. I can't. I can't hear or I can't see in the press box. I have no idea what's going on. Like I can't hear anything in general, and I sure as hell can't hear that. The only thing I in the press box, the only thing I can feel is the vibration of the bass in the pregame warmups. That's the only thing. Yeah, and I, I kind of do feel like the bass is up a few notches th- this year. There's been a few mornings where you know whether there's no Pacer game that night or you know, no one else is in the studio after you exit. And if I turn on my headset that morning, the volume <laughs> level, I mean, it is literally, I, I, I literally think I'm going to pop my eardrum. Well, I mean, our boss, David Wood has asked me a number of times, you know, you, you need to get a hearing aid. And I actually got a hearing aid six years ago. And this is a true story. I got one too. And I put it in and I wore it for 20 minutes and I thought, there's no way I'm wearing this. And I put it in the truck and never wore it again. Had it for twenty minutes. You know, there's no way I'm wearing this. You just hated the look, hated the feel. Nah, it felt weird. I mean, it felt like it was kind of rubbing the interior of my ear raw, and I wasn't down with that. And uh, yeah, I wore it for twenty minutes. I, and that's not a badge of honor either. I mean, it's stupidity. But I wore it for twenty minutes, and I, I literally, like, I can't hear. Like when Jake talks, you know, when Jake gets close to you and talks really, I can't hear a damn word he says. Nothing. I've got, <laughs> I've got to try to look at him to see, you know, not ri- lip read, you know, fully, but kind of lip read, because I said, dude, if you talk that low, I can't hear a darn thing you're saying. Not one thing. <laughs> That's so funny. I can I can picture that one thousand percent. I mean, hell, in our meeting a few weeks ago, I feel like he was leaning over to you and you know talking at a lower level to you. And Couldn't I, hear him. I had no idea yeah. what I was shaking my head and go, yeah. And he could be saying, hey, you know what? Your show really does suck. I hate it, right. and we're not right, friends. Right, right. I'm going, oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's talking wingdings to you, and you're just like, yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, exactly. Green, it was great back in the day. Yeah, so that's – I can't hear. I can't – but you're right. I do turn these headphones up loud and sometimes leave them, so I bet that's (laughs) – Yeah. 
problematic for you. Hey, problematic was last night. All right, so the Pacers lose. Um, and I I don't go for the moral victory stuff. You know that. Um, I, I don't go for the entertaining losses. But my impression was last night, given the circumstances, all the layers involved in that game, the incredible shot-making of the Celtics, especially in the second quarter, I was in complete shock that at the end of the game, there they were. You know, one possession opportunity, took the lead late as well. I was in absolute shock that they were there. And honestly, even in a loss, I was impressed. Yeah, I um, I honestly thought before Halliburton banked in the three, it honestly probably was when, remember when they reviewed the Jalen Brown three-point foul, Siakam like ran into him yeah. and, and they correctly overruled it. But when that whole thing was going, I'm thinking to myself, should they even play Halliburton in the second half? Like it, it had gotten to that point of like, you know, okay, if you're down like 20 plus at half, you know, is that even a thought? And then all of a sudden, you know, that call gets overturned and, you know, they had scored. I, I don't know what they ended the half, but they ended the half on a little bit of a run there. Halliburton obviously banks in the three of the buzzer and then, and then boom, you, you start the third quarter like you did. I, yeah, I, I I would agree. I, I, I would say mostly with that. You know, I thought the line entering the night at seven and a half was was too much. I thought the Celtics coming second night of a back to back. I thought the Pacers did have a puncher's chance, um, but there's not many games this season that will fall into the category of that. Of it is Boston. It is on the road. Um, you weren't you know completely healthy with not having Matherin or McConnell. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would sit there and say, okay, losing by whatever the final score was, five, is by no means the end of the world. And uh, this is really the last week, John, if you look at the schedule upcoming, that you face a whole lot of, like, you know, really quality, quality teams. Now, yeah. I know the Pacers have struggled yes. against the, you know, bottom tier or even middle tier teams um, here this season. But the schedule certainly, you know, for how tough January was, uh, and the first two games of February, I think, will fall into that. I, I know New York's a little banged up right now, but Sacramento on a back-to-back is going to be tough. Then it really eases up, and you just got to make sure you don't play to your competition. You got to make sure that you don't do what you did back in November. And you know, as long as the Pacers take care of business, I see no reason why this team shouldn't be, you know, again, kind of what I thought at the preseason as a legit five or six seed. And you know, maybe if the East kind of falls the way that you would like it, you know, maybe even push for a four seed and and have some home court here early early in the playoffs. It also seems that Kevin Bowen joins us. If you watched Philly and Golden State last night, and like any time Embiid, and we saw that you know in the Pacer game last week, any time he goes down, you're thinking he's going to miss about a month. You know what? I mean, that's the first time he went down, and 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 sometimes it doesn't turn out that way. I guess he walked it off against the Pacers last night. I mean, it, it looked like that somebody like that scene in. Uh, yeah, in the uh, I can't even remember what the Stephen King film is now, where you know you take the legs and you know you break James Conn's ankles, you know, with the hammer right there. If you're Kathy Bates, that's what it looked like when Embiid went down last night with Kamingo on top of him. It kind of felt like it was just like that. So I often think about y- you wonder it is an absolute coin flip whether or not Embiid is going to be healthy when it matters, and that has to be a major concern for them. Certainly, yeah, I was shocked. I remember when he fell against the Pacers, and I, I couldn't believe he stayed in the game considering, you know, that they had Denver coming up that night. I was actually play that Tyrese Halliburton talked with Jake and Jimmy about today of, you know, him getting hurt against the Pacers and then still staying in when that 
margin had kind of reached, you know, pretty wide. And, you know, again, we might be getting too far ahead of ourselves, but, you know, if you look at tomorrow night's matchup, right now that would be a first-round matchup. You know, New York's the three, Indiana's the six. But first off, I'd love to see just this rivalry get renewed. Certainly the character's vastly different, but I think there's reasons for Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson to have a little bit of a rivalry. I mean, you know, in a way, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, former teammates now, you know, being traded to to different markets. Um, And if you look at it, you know, New York just completed a hell of a month of January, and they were, you know, really kind of hovering around 500 before – before the month started, the Pacers put up like 140 on them the final game of December, and then they play great in January. Obviously, Ananobi has been great for them defensively. They're you know near the top of the league, if not at the top. And if you know the Pacers can get on a run like that, you know, and you look at the standings, and the Pacers play them twice in the next couple of weeks, and again tomorrow night, you know, no Randall, possibly no Ananobi. If you win both those, win the head-to-head, now you've cut four games back right now to two games back. So it's just uh, thanks to January and how well the Pacers have played with and without Halliburton, but I would say probably especially without him and keeping the ship more than afloat. I mean, you are in a position right now to be a um, not only a playoff team, but potentially, you know, playing for some home court in round one. Misery, by the way, is the the film, the Stephen King novel turned into a film with James Caan and Kathy Bates. Misery, you know what I'm talking about? Misery. I'm scrolling through my text right here, and I'm getting word that, courtesy of Eddie Garrison, that the touchdown song is no longer bang on these drums all day. It's now Maria by Scooter. See, I I can't oh. hear up there. I can't hear anything. Yeah, I can't hear either to defend you. Uh, I mean, I, I don't – yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's not like I guess I'm consciously singing along. And then he goes, bet you didn't have stripper talk on the agenda today. Well, yeah, that probably is that. Peaches. But... Peaches was a good conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Stripper yeah. might not be the right term to I, use. I, yeah, adult, I, yeah, I had no idea. I mean, she just kind of laid it out. I'm a little bit naive to this. And she said, hey, I'm from San Diego. I'm coming in this weekend to, to make a lot of money. And I said, hello. There's, there, <laughs> hey, there, there's no hating against that. Well, I mean, all the all the women are upstairs, you know, you know, with dudes flying around them and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so love the buzzing not. sound. <laughs> oh, oh, it was a good time. Hey, Kev, if I, I'll tell you off the air sometime. You will say, I wish I would have been married at the Venetian in Las Vegas instead of a church. If I told you how much fun we had. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I feel like you and I have had a story or two, but oh, there's geez. even more on that end. Well, if you know, if for some reason it ever happens again, then you know, might as well give it a whirl there in the in the yeah, yes. Maddie and I were actually thinking about going to Vegas. Here, it's our five year anniversary coming up. We um, we haven't been together. She's been out there for a couple of work trips. Like I said to you, I haven't been out there, and now hell, it's probably a decade. I haven't either. Uh, I haven't been out there since I've been married, bad. which I guess probably goes to show you how that's gone, right? So I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't been out there. I haven't been out there in twenty four years. So some of my buddies went out there for IU Arizona last year and absolutely loved it. So yeah, I think I think we might. I don't know, Maddie. I haven't finalized it, but we might uh, might make a trip out there. Yeah, I, who knows? We might run into the peaches. 
Peaches. Peaches, I wonder what Peaches might be. I bet Peaches is 45 years old now. I bet. What do you think Peaches looks like at 45? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if the Raiders have, have have gotten to know Peaches or have made some stops. I don't know. I, I'm picturing Peaches married to Max Crosby for some reason. <laughs> it's a Kevin Bowen, the morning wake-up call with KB and Andy's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Maddie, does Maddie hate it when you come on with me Wednesdays? Uh, it, it's probably not her favorite 30 minutes of the week. I bet. Sometimes I feel bad about that, too. <laughs> I'm like the old dirty uncle right here or something. Of this shit, you know what? That's what I am, like the old dirty Which uncle. It's not a bad thing at all. I mean, everybody loves the old dirty. Yeah, uncle. they don't take him Especially seriously though. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he's a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> he's our jackass. He is. He is definitely our jackass. But yeah, what do you think about uh, Anthony Leal and IU? I don't think that there's going to be any uh, table turning type of situation with that win last night. You know, making it a signature win or anything. But man, certainly IU needed it, and good to see Anthony Leal have that moment. You know, somebody that could have left long ago. I mean, honestly, what do you think he'd be getting clock right now on the reg instead of having to wait this out and finally get the opportunity? I mean, and nothing against him whatsoever because there's a lot of mid-majors, including my alma mater, that are really good right now. But he'd be getting clock, playing time anywhere else. But he stood that out from Bloomington, stayed there, and got an opportunity in front of the home crowd last night in a big moment. And I thought that was really cool. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, I, I could agree more. I don't think we'll look back on this Indiana season and have fond, fond memories of it, but that will be a game, I think, that you do remember and just the Leal moments. And, you know, I mean, you, you kind of laid it out exactly why. And, you know, you're a huge NBA guy, John, but you also love college basketball. I do. You know, I, 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 I find myself loving both. And I know not everybody out there does. And for the NBA people that are like, I can't watch the college game, you know, the skill level isn't very good, they can't shoot, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. The moment of last night is why I love college basketball because you don't get it to that level in the NBA where, you know, a guy that, I mean, frankly, there's been times where Leal has gotten into games, John, and I've, and I've forgotten he's on the team in, you know, recent years. And obviously he hasn't even played that much. Well, I think Mike Woodson and, has and, as well. I think Mike Woodson didn't know he was down there too. Yeah. Sure. And, I, and I'd argue the guy's playing ahead of him. I uh, yeah. haven't really earned the uh, the type of minutes that they've gotten. So for him to get in and deliver on both ends of the floor and, you know, he rebounded, defended. I mean, he was matched up on Perkins a couple times and it was huge there. And, you know, obviously the Indiana high school connection and the COVID season and all of that. Um, yeah, a, a fun storyline. Unfortunately, he gets marred because of the injury situation and largely because of the season as a whole. But um, in a year that, again, we won't talk about much that probably happened in Bloomington, for Mike Woodson's third year. Uh, that's what I love about it. And, and a major credit to Anthony Leal because 90% of kids in his situation probably would have transferred. And for him to gut it out, and, you know, I think there is some difficulty and some pressure of being the high school kid where you know, everywhere he goes, he, he gets asked about that. You know, it's like he goes home in the summer or the winter and they don't ask him about that. You know, everywhere he goes, he, he gets peppered with those questions. And, you know, to still stay locked in and to deliver in a big way on both ends of the floor. Absolutely huge in a night where, you know, Indiana was dealt a ton of adversity. So Kevin Bowen, morning wake-up call with KB and Andy, 7 until 10 a.m. coming up uh, tomorrow morning, weekday mornings, Monday 
through Friday. I was thinking about Purdue, and Matt Painter joins me coming up tomorrow. And um, I'll tell him either way if you want me to, but it, does this have the feel of a season where Purdue makes finally that breakthrough that certainly their fan base and a lot of people have expected? Is this it? I know that it has to be. Don't get me wrong. It has to be. But does it have the feel to you that this is it? Yeah, I, I feel differently, um, and I think Lance Jones is a big reason why. I think he gives Purdue something that they lacked. You know, last year you had to play Ethan Morton a good amount. You, you had to hope that Brandon Newman could string three or four together. Um, you know, even David Jenkins, you know, he, he was needed. And, and Lance Jones is flat out is better and or more consistent than all of them. And the thing about it, Sunday was a great example. He doesn't shoot it well at all. Um, I think the game before that, I want to say he had 17 or 18, but he doesn't shoot it well at Rutgers. And yet here he is with, what, 10 rebounds and eight assists and five steals. I mean, to impact the game in other ways, and again, on both ends of the floor, it's huge. He can take some ball handling off of Braden Smith if need be. And, you know, there's a little bit of crazy to him. There's a little bit of like, you know, YOLO with this game. And at times it probably drives Matt a little crazy. But at the same time, I think, you kind of need that in some moments where, you know, Edie saddles foul trouble or, you know, you are turning over a little bit and you just need somebody that goes and makes a play. And, um, you know, whether it's him diving on the floor, I think it was a Michigan game where he dove on the floor, a couple of possessions, Mackey gave him a standing ovation. Um, I think he is, is a really key and different and new ingredient for them. I think they've won in different ways, not only Sunday, but you know, certainly the games in Maui come to mind, the game against Arizona. I do think it's something Andy and I were talking about earlier today. I do think tonight is kind of a March checkbox for me too. And Boo Boo has been an extremely difficult guard for them, you know, earlier this year, of course, and then last year when they lost to him as well. And those types of guards, granted, they don't grow on trees, but if and when you do see them in March, how do you defend them? And again, I think this is where Lance Jones can come into play. You know, last year he fouled, or uh, earlier this season he fouled out late in that first matchup. Uh, but inevitably, you're probably going to see a guy like Boo Booey. And, and I think it, in Maui, you didn't even really see that. I don't think Arizona necessarily has that sort of guy. And, again, we're not talking about the biggest guard in the wor- world, but we're talking very fast, very crafty, can hit shots, can distribute. You know, how do you defend that? Um, I think it's important for Purdue to, you know, obviously neutralize them as best they can tonight. And, and that'll be something that they likely will see in March if and when they get on a run. I just think think about that fairly Dickinson game again and, and just being given their guys, given that space to take threes and then to miss threes and then to defer and, you know, pass up shots and stuff. There was there was nothing brutal. But I would I would agree with you. I think this kind of does have the feel that it is going to be different. Let's face it, too, and I know it's easy for us to say, but it absolutely has to be. I mean, it, it just has to be because you got Boilermaker fans kind of waiting around. All right, they play tonight. We're going to watch. But you got got them waiting around. They really clock in coming up here uh, in March when the tournament starts. Hey, by the way, Kevin Bowen joins us. I had mentioned to you two weeks ago as a moist, if not wet, blanket. And then swinging in on the vine of wet blanket would be your producer, Mark Dykton. Evidently, with his new article, does being a pro bowler mean a damn thing anymore? <laughs> what the hell is his problem? Is that, the, is that the title? Yes. Well, no, it's the title of his tweet. Does being a pro bowler mean a damn thing? Can you explain to him 
that Gardner Minshew, while going, at the very least is going to pocket 44K and with a winner, 88K. So, yeah, it does mean a damn thing. Go get a little cash out of it. Get a little bit of recognition. Tell the wet blanket to stop being a wet blanket. Yes, it's meaningful. Well, it, it, it's meaningful from the financial. Impact. Yes, I, I I would argue against the level of Gardner Minshew earning it, and this is my issue with the Pro Bowl because the Chiefs win. If the Ravens win, Zaire Franklin goes. If the Chiefs win, Zaire Franklin doesn't go. Right. And so that's now how we label Pro Bowler or no Pro Bowler. Like that, that's the issue that I get with the Pro Bowl. It's that. You know, DeForest Buckner and Ryan Kelly are going because Chris Jones and Creed Humphrey play for the Chiefs. If those two played for the Ravens, Ryan Kelly and DeForest Buckner would not be going anymore. So you earn, and sure, there's an element of you earn being on the alternate list, but Zaire Franklin was clearly pissed with his tweet. And, you know, I don't blame him because simply it's because one team won and the other team lost. And you, know, you don't even have to. I mean, the only reason Gardner Minshew is there is because Josh Allen would rather play in a golf tournament at Pebble Beach. And, you know, he said no. And Well, we many, all, many we all play no. by unfortunate scoreboards. I mean, think about what we do. You ever think about how many scoreboards we have to, to look at, we have to admire, we have to play off of? I mean, it just it, it comes that way. I think it's just a, a different territory, but the same version here. Just another scoreboard, even if it's unusual, ridiculous, whatever. It's just how you have to go until further notice, and that does stink. It stink. It does stink for Zaire Franklin, and no doubt about that. I mean, Zaire deserved to be it originally. Yes, I, I'd no argue question. even I'd him over Patrick Queen or Roquan Smith originally there. So yeah, boy, Dykeson throwing throw, throwing the dam out there. I, I that. I, I kind I of respect the gunction by him. Maybe he would just kind of slide right into some kind of wrestling WWE column. <laughs> well, he's just bitter because the Bears didn't get any Pro Bowlers. I have no idea if they did or not. I'm just assuming that. Does Chicago? Does the Chicago guy get on your nerves? A bit, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's that that's the red. No, they just always I mean, they're always crying about anything. something, aren't they? They they ever stop crying? Yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be so tough. Yeah, yeah, he was he was bitching about something the other day, and I was that is so Chicago of him. He's always whining about something. They're oh, we're tougher than you. I'm gonna tell you what. <laughs> people say this. Um, I, I never understood this in, until now. Uh, people make fun of when Indiana people drive in other states, but there, there's nothing more reckless. And you always know if somebody's driving too fast in a really bad situation, the license plate's going to be Illinois. I mean, that, that state is just absolutely packed full of jackass drivers. Always going too fast. Always. Recklessly. You know, I, I, was just, I was thinking about this. Chicago sports kind of stinks right now, now that I think about it the does. professional team. I have no idea if the Blackhawks are any good, but, yeah, I mean, all their other franchises kind of stink right now. So it's, it, and when I was at IU, there was nothing that you loved more than when the Chicago sports teams were terrible and you could celebrate the Indiana sports teams. I remember we were – so I think the Cubs made the playoffs our freshman year. We were so happy when they lost in that. I think they lost in the opening round or something like that. I just remember how much I rejoiced in that. I just hate it when the Bulls fans, they can't get tickets to the United Center. So, they, you know, all the region, you could always tell sure. in the field house when they would make that, that trek down 65 because the upper bowl of the field house would smell like body odor. 
because you knew you knew that the entire region would be down here with their body odor stinking up the place. Yeah, you had a bunch of low football players sitting up there. <laughs> the armpit of the state of Indiana is coming down to watch the Bulls. Can you at least bring some speed stick with you or something, fellas? Come on, a little yeah, Dracar or anything. Yeah, instead of passing out, yeah, Pacers game night special is this. We actually got the speed stick for you. Coming on. Uh, 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 boomers handing those out in Section 215 if you look up the right now. Hey, hey, here. That's what you need to do in Bulls games. Um, instead of giving away, like, free curly fries, give away free showers to those coming from the region. If, if a player misses two free throws. Hey, you guys get a free shower. Uh, Brendan King. Brendan King is not it. happy. I right saw now. that too. <laughs> hey, we kid because we care, right, Kev? That's what we do. I just dragged sure. you right in. I dragged you. I dragged you right into that, though. So from good. from from peaches to deodorant <laughs> to the region. Here we are. Tell Maddie I love her. Don't get mad at me. All right. Hey, what you guys got coming tomorrow morning? Uh, speaking of all star events, uh, Sheldon Day is actually going to join us. Oh, cool! Uh, the Warren Central product. Yep. Former Notre Damer, former Colt, played in the Super Bowl. Forty ers and Chiefs played Great a lot guy. in that game. Uh, he has got an event at Hinkle that uh, I think uh, Shaq Leonard, Kenny Moore. I think it's like a you know kind of a version of the All Star Celebrity game with a little bit more of a local flavor to it. So yeah, he's going to join us, and I'm looking forward to catching up uh, with him. Good dude. Yes, he is, and he's been on before too. And uh, he is as quality as they come, right there. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So give him give him our best. Great dude. Will do, John. Kev, I appreciate you. Kevin Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. We kid because we care, all right? I got to take it all the time because of southwestern Indiana and Greene County and southern Indiana. So I am allowed to dish it out and have a little bit of fun, whatever I want. Dusty May, Kevin Bowen, Spiro Ditas on this show. The podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Third Eye Blind Tickets. And the show coming up tomorrow is going to be live and a chance for you to win some stuff. I'll explain coming up next. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! (laughs) 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I knew it was coming. JMV. So you're going to talk junk about the region in and around Chicago and Bulls fans coming down here when you're from southern Indiana, okay? Aren't you from Greene County? That's exactly why I do it. It's called a preemptive strike. I know what's coming. That's why I do it. And uh, I can take it. So you know what? So can you. Have a little bit of fun. Kevin Bowen, the podcast, a variety of things there, including Pacers and the Celtics. Whether or not Purdue has a different feel. Boilermakers in Northwestern. That tip time's at 6.30 from West Lafayette tonight. Matt Painter will join me on the show coming up tomorrow as we're going to broadcast live from Back 9. Back 9 with NBA Jam. And Michelob Ultra High Score on NBA Jam will get you the shoes. Nike Air Original Michelob Ultra Courtside Shoes. That's the high score. Also advancing to the finals where you could win an NBA Jam arcade game of your own. Yeah, not to mention a ticket giveaway from Zinc and Michelob Ultra that is absolutely incredible. Promise you'll love it. 
Hey, just join me there. And don't be mad about the region or the Chicago area or the Illinois can't drive jokes because you guys do the same thing to me. <laughs> know that it's coming. When, if you go back, I talked to Dusty May, Ford Atlantic, a little bit earlier. Of course, he, like me, is also from Greene County. And you could tell he was a little bit taken when I said, hey, you know, my mom called during the show yesterday and said, hey, said, hey. Somebody told me that you and Dusty could be related. And my response was, don't dig too deeply because I think almost everybody could be deemed related where we're from. So don't dig too deeply. It's from Paul. As a person from Chicago, please continue to talk blank about the region. It's an armpit full of... (laughs) Outstanding. That is really good. Uh, Dusty May a little bit earlier, and uh, Spiro Ditas of CBS, TNT, and NBA TV. A lot about the Pacers from last night, a lot about uh, what is forthcoming, that matchup with the Knicks coming up tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. Spiro Ditas, really good. That podcast, too, 1075thefan.com, 239-1070. Reggie is up next today. Hello, Reggie. Hey, how you doing, man? Home of Reggie, man. Oh, Reggie, hey. good to hear from you. Go ahead. Hey, uh, yeah. Something about uh, Andretti was they were going to use Renault engines until 2028, and then they were going to use the Cadillac engines. And from what I'm hearing is they didn't want nobody else on the grid because they want to still split, split all the, the profits. And then, yeah, when in my younger days before I got married, man, I used to go to all of the uh, All-Star games and Super Bowls. Well, I wouldn't actually go. I would just go to party. Yeah. I went to this one party, and it was a boat full of, uh, let's say, uh, Women in their birthday suits. Strippers? Do you have some? Was there some? That's okay. Listen, we we can be real on this show. It's quite all right. People understand that. So you had scantily clad ladies on this particular boat. Continue. Yes. Oh man, and they they fly men for everywhere. And I had drunk a, a fifth of Remy, and uh, I couldn't move. And that lady said, "Boy, he looks so good. I would do some things to him." And all I could do was look up and shake my head. Like, move. Oh, no. You missed your opportunity. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm mad about them blocks of the Pacers, and I will say it, uh, it's a victory in, in, in that we battled without our people, and I'm going to let you go, buddy. Hey, I appreciate that. I Listen, I can't go moral victory or entertaining loss, but I can – I can bend a little bit to the point where I recognize a hell of an effort even in a loss, and that's what that was. And don't give me, well, their defense. I know they gave up 81 in the first half. First of all, offense is so commonplace with that in mind with the better teams. Um, You want to play better defensively. There's no question about it, but if you watch that second quarter, what in the hell were you going to do? What were you going to do? unless you took something and deflated the basketball, and then, in which case, they'd find another, what were you going to do? They hit all but two shots. They hit everything. They were like, just because he's listing right now, they were like Dane Fife in Clarkston, Michigan, in high school. Probably even better than Dane Fife in Clarkston, Michigan, in high school. Probably even better. So when I have mentioned in the past their defense is better, and it looked like it wasn't last night, but that was just an extraordinary second quarter for the Celtics. And the fact that you had 
the opportunity, even without your best player late because of the minutes restriction to hang in, you can take away and be impressed with that. I know it just turns out to be a bunch of yapping, but I got news for you. That's what we do for three hours. That's what we do for nine hours around here. People turn on this microphone and yap, and that is worthy of yapping. Uh, Fife just laughed and called me a dork. I just gave him big-time props. Clarkston, Michigan. Now, I know that there's nobody around there that could play. Where's Clarkston, Michigan next to? What is it, like 1A in Michigan? Has he got Terhoon matched up? No, I'm just joking. My man Fife. Fife, I know, put it up like that. Had a second quarter just like that back in his days in high school. Uh, Jay's up next. Hello, Jay. Hey, John, long time no here. You know what? I haven't heard from, from you on Saturday from night me. either. There's been no survivor I of the Tiger I request. I've been I'm, worried about I'm you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry this man. is kind of a joke. My dad and grandfather, my dad grew up in the region, Whiting, Indiana. Yeah. And they both used Old Spice, but somehow it's hard for these people nowadays in the region to find deodorant at Dollar Tree, let alone anywhere else. I think I think you're just making my situation worse right now, Jay. Thank maybe you. maybe they should check in Swebo to see if they use Speed Stick before they start their show. I, I, and I, and and I don't think Lou Aldang or Jerry Krause ever used Speed Stick either for the Bulls. I just mentioned this. I said it, when the Bulls play here and when they all make this that trek down five years ago. Yeah, in, instead of there. for two opponent. In two bulls case, miss free throws instead of handing out Arby's curly fries, hand out free showers. Exactly. To those in the upper bowl. Give them some coast and head and shoulders and let them go at us. All right, Jay. Eye of the Tiger, Survivor, Saturday night. I'll be ready. All right, for sure, John. Take care. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, buddy. Jay just made it really worse for me in a bad way. Hey, by the way, too, shout out to Dane. The Pfeiffer is out there working. Hey, by the way, I need a little analyst work myself there, Dane. So, hey, come on now. Got to hear from you. All right, quick, with third-eye blind tickets before we get out of here, do I need a break right here? I guess I would, right? What we got? Is that me? What the hell is that? Hey, that's not supposed to be. Why do I have an alarm going off here? That's weird. Ah, oh, you don't know why? This was not my mistake. So I normally get up at 545, 546 in the morning. Uh, this was set for p.m. and not a.m. right now. Weird. Anybody else like me? I went to bed last night at 115 in the morning and got up at 545. That sounds awful. That. And then I took my blood pressure, and that wasn't good at all this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I actually sent it to Dr. M., at uh, Meridian Medical Services, and he goes, hey, hey. I go, hey, wait a minute. I said, I didn't get any sleep, and I'm already up slamming coffee, so there may be a reason behind this, but I am watching, absolutely watching what I'm doing. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got it in the cuff, and, and like the light started going off like it was a slot machine, and I just won. I go, hey, this doesn't seem good. Mm.
Yeah, you got to get that checked. And we're going to go through in February. I've got a deal for you where we're all going to go through this together because I'm assuming there are a lot of people like me that you put off and you put off and you put off all your medical situations, and we're going to stop that. And and I am going to Pied Piper you with me to make sure you're as healthy or at the very least you know your situation so we can do something about it. That's forthcoming in the month of February. Quick break. We'll come back. Third Eye Blind Tickets. We'll get you set up on what's going on later on tonight, what's coming at you tomorrow as well, and uh, what we're going to talk about on this show this time tomorrow. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The Ride with JMV. I don't understand the words you just said. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Napoleon Dynamite reference coming back in here. Thank you very much for joining us. Third Eye Blinds coming to the Ruoff Home Mortgage Music Center. Anybody want to go? Number 9 at 239-1070 is going to go on us. I want you to be a part of the biggest shows, the most fun to be had. Third Eye Blind. Stephen Jenkins at lead in Third Eye Blind. A part of that. Graduate. That's the song. And... And your chance to win at 239-1070. To be number nine right now, there you go. Third Eye Blind. It is an ever-growing lineup of great music. Spring, summer, and fall around here, which it normally is. I am kind of waiting. I mentioned the Snake Pit. The artist for the Snake Pit, the EDMers, were announced, I think yesterday, day before. I can't remember now. But I am awaiting. Where's Speedway President Doug Bowles when you need him right now? Hey, Doug, send me a text. When are you guys announcing the Carb Day concert? It's normally about this time of year, right? It always does kind of save us. Right? We're kind of in this this kind of zone where you're sick and tired of the weather. You're ready to hear a little bit about the spring and something around the 500 because you know that's when truly the fun starts. But normally this time of year we learn. Could be wrong. I just saw this courtesy of Alex Golden. So we're getting a look-see at this Pacer team uh, so far with the new and freshness of Pascal Siakam. I think we've all been relative, not relatively, we've all been incredibly happy with it. And and can't wait to see what else that he can help them do. But I saw this from Alex a little bit ago. Pascal Siakam has played well, and he has, right, against the Celtics. I believe he's had five games against them this season. You know, obviously, um, what, four, I guess, with the Raptors. So he's played well in five games and is 0-5 in five games. Now, comparing that to last night and that loss would be unfair to do. There's certainly a lot of reasons to be excited about a lot of stuff regarding them, even in the loss. Now, we'll say this. If they go to New York and there's no Julius Randle tomorrow night and maybe we shall see the availability of OG Ananobi, now, that's that's when you get on them. That's when you go. That's a game you need to get. And when I was talking to Kevin about you know the Pacers and, and the, the schedule easing up because it has been difficult, the problem with that is when the schedule has eased up, the Pacers. Now, again, this has mostly been pre-Siakam, if not all pre-Siakam. But the Pacers have also eased up 
No more of that. It was an impressive way to hang last night. But no Julius Randle. We'll see about Adenobi tomorrow night in New York against the Knicks. That is a game that you need to get. First of a back-to-back Friday night, Domus Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, and the Kings in town probably looking for a little payback of their own. Yeah, one of those signature wins of the season came in Sacramento a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, on the road. Fantastic effort. Yeah, tomorrow night I'll view that a little bit differently than I did last night. I still I like I love basketball and you guys know that. The the shot making ability of players and, and I'm mindful of the rules being so drastically different that a lot of things that, for example, when we love the nineties and we all did around here because that's when the Pacers thrust into the national spotlight and became something. But the rules were so different. There are a lot of things that go on today. And I'm not just talking about three-point shooting and, you know, cutting it loose from wherever you're standing on the field, or I should say on the court inside the half-court line, but just being able to drive and like, – you see the foul on Nimhard last night? He was trying to get the hell up out of the way, and Brown just basically turns around and bumps into him and probably the – well-coiffed hair of Zach Zarba. The gray shirts, the best in the world, blow the whistle. So it's drastically different than it was then. But this team has an opportunity to create a level of excitement that would equate to what we saw in the 90s. Great job, James, from you today. I'll be back with you tomorrow again. Back nine, NBA Jam. Michelob Ultra High Score wins the shoes. I'll tell you more tomorrow. Spiro Ditas, Dusty May, Kevin Bowen. Podcast 107.5thefan.com. Purdue head coach Matt Painter tomorrow as well. I'll talk to you from back nine tomorrow at three.